Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. You can find the podcast on all forms of social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts. Also, you can go on AboutToReview.com, support the show with the support tab, pitching a dollar, that would be great. You can also go to AboutToReview.Threadless.com, pick up a t-shirt, uh, a coffee mug, a sweater, uh, any type of thing. Not any type of thing, I only have shirts and sweaters. Anyway, uh, on today's episode, I'm joined by not one, but two fantastic guests. Both of them are returning guests. First, Tim Hall, the People's Critic. Hey, Hey, can I get an about to review phone case? Yes, you actually yes, you can. I didn't think about that. <laughs> you can get an about to review phone case. This is now from aboutreview.threadless.com. Right, perfect. Uh, and to his left, yep, to his to left, my left. I had to think about that for a second. Left, right. El left. presidente, el jefe. Oh, stop. You are the president, president of the Seattle Film Critics Society, Mister Mike Ward. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. Yes, more accolades, please. Uh, Come on, what are we doing? So, a, a question for you: As a president, are you more like Obama, more like Trump? Wow, <laughs> that is a loaded question. <laughs> I know. Let's I let's know. answer that. At You're the more end like of the show. Bush. You're more like Bush. That's better. Ugh. No, no, no. <laughs> Quail? Uh, Quail? Maybe. Yeah. No. Uh, no, he is a, he is our he is our benevolent leader of the Seattle Film Critics Society. Unbelievable, Mike Ward. Uh, so on today's episode. We're going to be talking about three movies <laughs> that are in theaters right now. Uh, Marshall, the new biopic about Thurgood Marshall. Uh, Happy Death Day. Yes. And Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Wonder Wonder Women. Sheesh. Uh, so just like the bear said to the customer service, customer service agent, uh, just bear with me while I play the theme song. Wait, the Ivan Bear? Ivan messed up my own what, wait. joke. Jesus. <laughs> wait, what bear? I messed up my own joke. Okay. I meant to say, uh, see, now if I were good is, at editing, this, I would cut this in. I would this, say, uh, like the grizzly said to the customer service uh, agent, just bear with me. Oh, okay. I, I, was, I was thinking like Paddington Bear. Well, so you just, One of my favorites as a kid, by the way. Just do it again. Yeah. That, that, that would, that would take, I, I always tell him, man, you got to leave the bad stuff in. <laughs> leave it in. It's real uh, life. This will be the hundredth episode or whatever. Like the benchmark will be all the all the all this I, stuff. I seriously have talked about doing that. Like I have like a not bonus even episode of just like I have hours flubs. and hours and hours of, of bonus material. Yeah, it was like Taryn editing, laughing and stuff. Oh yeah, no, she does that on the air. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I laugh every time. It's yeah. impossible not to laugh. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Um, so anyway, uh, with this episode, like we said, we we're going to be talking about some. Movies, but first, I wanted to touch base uh, yes. about the Seattle Film Critics Society because we are now totally official. We had our first like real live meeting where most of us, <laughs> at least, you know, who were able to go, yeah, got yeah. a chance to get together and talk about things. It is October, which means we're going to start getting well, I say we, Mike is going yeah. to start getting really busy because it is coming up on award season. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. Wait, is it? Is that... It's approaching. Very <laughs> yeah. quickly, oh, oh, very that's what all those emails are about. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so how is, how do you feel like this year is going to be different now that we are officially a recognized film critic society? Well, I, uh, hmm, I don't know. It, you know, it's it's interesting. So 
I, I don't know how different it'll be other than we have studios and publicists aware that we exist now officially. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a big difference. What that means ultimately, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm involved in, a, in a, another organization uh, that generally around mid to late October starts getting screeners sent to them. So right. uh, for p- purposes of consideration. And mm-hmm. so maybe that will happen. I mean, we've been very honest and forthright that we're we're brand new. So yeah. we may have to earn our earn our salt a little bit uh, mm-hmm. before that happens. But honestly, I think there's just this sort of I don't know what you would describe it as, but kind of just like a buzz about like what what do we what do we do now? Like mm-hmm. do we get do we get screenings for ourselves? Do we just get stuff in the mail? Do we just go business as usual? Like mm-hmm. what do we what do we do? And so then we get to December and we vote and I don't know, we pick up the pieces from there. But nice. What's what's great is that we have an entity, a, yes. a tangible organization that we can that we can utilize for Certainly, you know, we can get into the buzz of award season, but we also have a way to, to network and interact and, and meet new people and mm-hmm. find ways to collaborate, yeah. uh, which will come in time. But, um, yeah, there's like 24, 25 of us, and yeah. it's uh, knock on whatever wood I can find. It's going well. So <laughs> Yeah. I Excellent. Yeah, I mean, because I, I still – I mean, you and I talked about it the first time you were on. Maybe this year, maybe next year, there will be some laurels. On a movie poster, right, saying either best actress, best actor, Seattle Film Critics Society. Right. Like, well, who I, knows? I, th- yeah. I think that is going to happen. I think sooner than we might think. Yes. Well, so, and I think I don't know if we how far we went into this before, but um, you guys were both part of a sort of informal process mm-hmm. where we sort of under the umbrella of something called sort of the Seattle Film Awards, we would take polling informally about. Yeah different categories and, and that model will move forward in, in some ways with what we're going to do as a film critic society this year. But we had someone receive an award last year who has reached out to the society <laughs> wanting to know if they can actually get their award, which of course, which made us go, wait, we were actually, like, really? to, we were supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so got to figure out how to make an award. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So our, uh, our, our crack awards committee team is trying to figure out what to do about that. Um, okay. Nameless actress but um <laughs> right still it's it's uh it's kind of yeah it's just kind it's of surreal and surreal yeah mm-hmm. it's surreal and yeah. Well, yeah and and what's interesting is as emails start coming in um people are kind of asking each other wait are, did you guys get that because we're right. trying to figure out are these just emails that film critics would get in the normal yeah. course of our business or is this something directly only, related exactly and and publicists that listen to your show because i know there's many um <laughs> sure identify please what yeah. this is for because then we just don't know what's going on yeah otherwise. but also there were some tweets last year that were great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we had uh well we we tweeted our our, our winners of the seattle film awards and mm-hmm. and uh although people want to change history including me uh we have one of our categories as villain of the year yeah we're the only film great. critic society that has that mm-hmm. john goodman won for 10 cloverfield lane mm-hmm. and followed Bla- up by i think a close and, second and black philip from the witch <laughs> finished second and uh you know i, I tried to get black philip over the hump but i'm one vote right mm-hmm. so um one man can make a difference john goodman is a worthy winner i'll say that mm-hmm. at least in my opinion so but anyway barry jenkins who some mm-hmm. of you may now know directed the incredible moonlight that yep. won best picture um and won best picture from seattle last year mm-hmm. um he, re- he didn't even retweet uh, for a couple of days that he had moonlight had won best picture 
but as soon as we tweeted out that Black Phillip was the runner up, mm-hmm. he tagged the director of The Witch and he like <laughs> retweeted it and said, This is incredible. This is awesome. He was stoked. And we got a whole bunch of a- activity just from Barry mm-hmm. Jenkins uh, and Ever popping well. over our second place finish for Black Phillip. And, and Ever DuVernay tweeted something too, didn't she? Or my What's that? Ava DuVernay tweeted something. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, when our nominations came out in 13th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, admittedly, I mean, was a surprise nominee for Best Picture. I think we're one of the only film critic groups. I mean, again, we yeah. weren't in a society necessarily. We mm-hmm. were still trying to do what yep. everybody was doing. I think we were the only ones that nominated it for Best Picture. And she was, I mean, at least through Twitter, she was super excited and happy mm-hmm. about that. And yeah. and I was proud of our organization, at least in its infancy at that point, that we recognized the work that she did on that film. And ultimately, it didn't win picture or documentary but just that we got it mentioned in there uh-huh. um yeah i was proud i'm proud of that it's proud of the movie too it's a great movie it's a great movie yeah but depressing yeah well, so yeah. we'll see it's depressing but yeah. Yeah. yeah okay so if so we'll you're you, you a director or actor uh who, who have been who has been in a major thing and you are hoping for an award mm-hmm. you may or may not receive one this year <laughs> <laughs> you may get a maybe a certificate you know we those could be uh, at a minimum. Can't we at least just run a copy of a tweet and just like yeah. put it in a frame? I like. I mean, it. something. Hey, I would like take a that. nice frame. I'll take that back. Let me write that down. I'll take that back. Just part paper print of <laughs> right. a tweet. Put it in a frame. Yeah. I I should do that. We should, like a wall of. Fame. Do we know someone who makes trophies? Oh yeah, I, I know. I a mean, guy. sure. I have a guy. Don't we all? Let's make a trophy guy. Get our trophy guy on it. I know a guy who knows a guy who might. We need a design yeah. for the trophy though. You just go to like movie trophies R Us. Yeah. You just like. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Just walk down the aisles. Exactly. Yeah. Just cool. I want that one and that one and that one. Uh, so, yeah. So, exciting stuff going on with the Seattle Film Critics Society. Um, the website is Seattle Film Critics or Seattle Critics. I forget what we finally established. It's SeattleFilmCritics.com, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, our Twitter, we, we've got a Twitter that will become much more active as we get... Uh, deeper into the fall nominations mm-hmm. and yeah and all winners and voting. calendar it all comes around in december and uh, so yeah, stay it tuned is, it is gonna get pretty crazy and of course you can find mike at at should i see it dot net and, and should should i see dot it because ah, clever go daddy is, yeah. is wonderful I don't know they love uh, you. GoDaddy is actually kind of a terrible company. Okay, good. So uh, we can say that? Yeah. yeah. So GoDaddy pretty much tried to screw over my website when I switched to a new host. And yeah. so, um, yeah. That sounds delightful. So we had to purchase a new domain, and then uh, they righted their wrong, and here I am with a new domain. But we repointed the old one, and I don't want to get too into the weeds on that. But yes, you can go to shouldiseeit.net or shouldisee.it, and it'll take you to the same place. There we go. I like it. Sounds good. All right. Um... Should we get should we get right into things? Oh no, we want to talk about briefly why you've never seen wrestling live. Because Mike was saying right, right. he can't make an event next week because uh-huh. he has to go to SmackDown. And right. you said I have to go to SmackDown. You have to, you, have to you have to go to SmackDown. You said you've never been to a live wrestling event. Um, absolutely not. Well, no, why, I have not why do you been. say it with so much shame in your voice? There is <laughs> there is disdain. Yes. Are you seeing this? What is going on? So. I, I was not. We have, we have talked about this before. Yes, I have done full episodes on wrestlers before. Yes, particularly wrestlers who have made terrible movies in the eighties uh, and nineties. Terrible. Uh, Hell comes to Frogtown. I mean, that's one is a garbage movie. <laughs> oh, good. of course it is. But but let's not discount they live or Predator. They live. Okay, yeah, those made I the mean, list for great ones. Yes, uh, at least Predator. They live was was solid. Uh, the, it, it is nice to go back and watch it. Can but you believe this. 
Anyway, I'm just watching it like you. I can understand how Zam- Sami Zayn turned heel. Yeah, watching this, you You're don't know what this. that means. I have, he has no idea what that means. Okay, well, wow. He, so he, I was never a wrestling <laughs> kid. Okay, it was, it was not something that you've never been a wrestling kid, but we've always been a theater kid. True. It's, you're essentially it's the same thing and like i've said before i absolutely respect the wrestlers those guys yeah. no, I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> the, those those men and women have to perform live they have to anguish fear happiness sadness all right there in front of what ten thousand people more than that it twenty thousand people and the audience watching like i have absolute respect for them for the wrestlers as performers. What right. don't you have respect for? I just never got into it. So it was like, I know that if I were to go to a thing, I'm sure it would be great. I, just, it's, okay. it's, uh, here's what I'll say. I don't want to cut you off. No, 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 no. It is a piece of pop culture mm-hmm. yes. that everyone wants to say is fad and it'll go away. It's been around it never, so long. Yeah, it will always it, be here. It, you have to experience it. Once. Yes. At least live. Okay. Just okay. once. It, it's a different, it's, it's like, it's like, there's a difference. There's a disconnect when you're watching on television that okay. you don't yeah. get watching live. Um, okay. <laughs> that's, the energy is crazy. I remember going to WrestleMania here. Yeah, in I, was there, I was there too. And it was like Safeco. I walked in the Safeco field and it was, was un- it Safeco? It was a Safeco. It yeah. was unrecognizable. Like it looked like an event. I was like, what is this place? Right. And it is, it is an hmm. even even like the, the Monday Night Raws you go to. We went to Raw. Uh, was a couple it, years ago, a year ago, two yeah, years, two years yeah. ago, we went to Raw up north in Everett. But again, it's, it's <laughs> which, just, which, by the way, they called Seattle. Seattle. On TV. I watched yeah, it back, uh, and they're like, course. "We yeah. are in Seattle. We're in the Everett Event Center." I mean, no, like, no, yeah. you're not. Yeah. I mean, most people, if they're like, "We're in the Everett Event Center," they're like, "What? What state but, is that but in?" But being what, there, yeah, yeah. It, it, it sort of transforms the arena it's in, and it becomes its own thing. Okay, and there's nothing. There is literally nothing like it. I think and you. Even someone who's never been in the wrestling, never right. watched it, will go to an event and enjoy themselves. So it's impossible I, not to. There's someone I know who absolutely thinks wrestling is a scourge on society, right? But he had uh-huh. his his nephew beg him mm-hmm. to like go because his parents were going to take him. So he's like, <sighs> yeah. He went and said, "I knew nothing going on." They apparently he doesn't watch it all. I remember him saying, "I think they were trying to like." tell stories or something. I was like, there was something going on with all these different people. I didn't get it. He goes, however, I had a ball because it's like live theater. It's live theater. Yeah. And, and and it's, it's goofy and hokey. There's there's pyrotechnics, there's music, Mm -hmm. there's lights, there's video, there's, there's bizarre drama, there's funny inside jokes. And I think that, I mean, so that part, yes, like I'm sure it would be incredible as live theater. Those inside jokes, like the name you just mentioned, like I, you would, you would have if you went to a pay per view, you would have a blast. You went to like a SummerSlam. Listen, a, a, a regular like SmackDown or Raw is great, but if you were to go to like a Royal Rumble or Survivor Series, one of you, the tentpole events, yeah, yeah, one of those tentpole, you would. It's like going to a playoff game. See now, I remember, and WrestleMania is a Super Bowl. I remember at one point, um, somebody there, there was this conspiracy theory or whatever that. A lot of the people in the crowd are given those signs that they actually do not make them at no, home. No, people make these signs. People make that. Yeah. Well, my, my, my well, no, has some no. Questions. So, okay. So, I mean, how far do you want to? Get? In the waning days of WCW, right, which was the organization that was owned by there were two different companies. There were two different companies. Oh, WWF. 
at the time. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Now WWE and WCW were in this thing called the Monday Night War. They both had their television shows on Monday nights it against one another. Crazy. Remember what they used to do on WCW? Because <laughs> uh, Raw used to be pre-taped. So they would show up on WCW, which was live, and be like, don't worry about watching Raw. Here so are the, re- yeah, so here are so the results on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> they would do it on their show, wow. bro. It was insane. So that's Shady how boots. That's how real the beef was. So when... so. God, this is getting you had wrestlers ago. crossing over. It yeah, was, so you yeah. had Vince McMahon getting beat by this other company, the owner mm-hmm. of WWF at the time, and he's getting beat by this other company, and he makes a business decision live on pay per view to screw over one of his talent, like legit, legitimately. And the, then, at the time, I thought it was fake, right? But he legit, like, basically set this guy up to look to, to basically take the title off of him on live pay per view, and the, the guy. You lost tell, the match you, you, and didn't know. You can tell about what happened. So it's, it's Bret Hart. Bret Hart's going to leave the company. Everyone I, I, knows I know it. Bret Hart. Bret yeah. Hart's going to leave. He's going to go know, to... I know, I know of Bret Hart. Because the glasses okay. and the hair. Yeah. And the pink and, that is and the black. Okay, so the, the, pink the Hart and, Foundation. The pink and black attack. So I I know <laughs> yeah. of I know of wrestlers. <laughs> the um, But I, I don't really know much of their stories. So I know a lot of the legacy ones. The Anything in the past, like... 15, 20 years, yeah. I probably have no idea. Okay, so but Bret Hart the, at least the, sounds was, familiar. Was it A and E that did that documentary about it? Yeah, wrestling. Wrestling, it's fantastic. Wrestling with shadows. Is yeah, called? it's yeah. great because they they go through this whole event and there's like footage backstage. It's amazing. Okay. So anyway, so Bret Hart's wrestling uh, Shawn Michaels for the belt. Halfway through in the, the sorry, match. we don't call it a belt anymore. It's oh, a title. A title. Vince McMahon so, has banned the word belt. So, so what was supposed <laughs> to happen was I'm not kidding. Was so, since everyone knew Brett was leaving, mm-hmm. during the middle of the match, all the wrestlers were going to come in the ring. It was going to be this big melee, and then that was going to end the match in disqualification. Because and Bret Hart had said, "I don't, I won't, I don't mind losing the title to Shawn Michaels, but please don't make me do it in my hometown. Yeah. Let's do it tomorrow do it night tomorrow, at Raw. At Raw, he was going to just give up the belt and he was leaving. Right. Okay. Oh, right. Vince McMahon thought otherwise. Was, an, was Agreed, nervous about but he, that. And he, he recorded the conversation because he didn't right. trust him. So he right. records this conversation because he doesn't trust him. Okay, now this is real. This, this is, is real life. He okay. records the conversation because yeah. he doesn't trust him. So here comes the match. Um, they call it the Montreal screw, screw job for a reason. Uh, he's got Shawn Michaels in the sharpshooter. Which is Bret Hart's finishing His move. finisher. So here's okay. the thing. So they, they worked out the match. They planned out no, what they were going to do. Okay. Yeah, they planned, as, as all matches, they plan out the match. Right. I know and that the, some of my listeners are actually are going to know exactly oh, for sure. what you were talking about. Yeah. I, gonna, just, I see a new podcast in your yes. future about to a, wrestle. About to wrestle. Um, oh, boy. Covering wrestling. So they plan out the match and they get to this spot, right? So what they do when they plan out a match is they say, okay, the referee is going to give you a time cue at okay. about three minutes. Let's do this at about four and a half. Do that. So they map it out and then okay. they call the rest in the ring. Like a play. Exactly. Yes, very okay. much like, a, like an act. So mm-hmm. the, the key point in the match was that Shawn Michaels. This is the third act was going to put Bret Hart in his own finishing move. Okay. Right. And Bret Hart would fight and fight and fight, and he wouldn't submit. Right. Um, but it was going to be a key point to springboard off to get to the finish where a bunch of people run to the ring. Okay. So yeah. Shawn Michaels gets Bret Hart in his finishing move. The what? sharpshooter. The sharpshooter, which is a submission yeah. move. Okay. This man comes running down to the ring like a maniac. Yes. And he's and at this point Vince has become this character. Mm-hmm. Right. So people think it's part of the. Think it's part of the. Right. He's become like this heightened version of himself in uh, in front of the cameras. Right. Kind of a me- megalomaniacal me- uh, owner. Yeah. Okay. Right. He's 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 the, he's the the suit who runs around and tries to run everything. Right. He's like Roger Goodell. So he runs down. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> ring the bell, ring the damn bell. He's screaming, and so the ring guy rings the bell. Well, the referee, referee immediately calls call, for the bell. Call the bell. Yeah. Bells rung, and. And 
Shawn Michaels kind of scurries out the ring. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. So someone hands him the title. Yeah. He grabs the belt and he acts angry because yeah. he's he's furious about whatever's going on. So he takes the belt mm-hmm. and he just leaves. Yeah. And Bret mm. Hart is sitting in the ring and the ref's gone too. Yeah. The ref's like mm. out. So it's just Bret Hart like stewing in the ring and, and he s- like spits in McMahon's face. Like leans over and spits like in his face. Right. And I'm like, as a child, I'm like, this is amazing theater. Like, this is, yeah. oh, this is crazy. <laughs> this is the best <laughs> angle ever. And then, like, yeah. what we don't see is, like, Bret Hart, like, wrecks up everything ringside. Yeah, because the camera's he shut goes down. nuts. Like, just mm. throwing so out this, was, this was in his hometown. In Montreal. what he was trying yeah. to avoid. Yeah. Montreal. He's Canadian? Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of Canadian wrestlers. Really? Yeah. Okay. So he wrecks everything. So then the footage backstage is him backstage, like, fuming. Mm-hmm. And his wife going off, she gets in Shawn Michaels' face. She's like, you know about this, didn't you? And Michaels he, denies it. He denies it. Time. And mm. Hunter Hearst Helms Lee Triple H is like, oh, not my business. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. It's, it's one of the, you should probably watch that documentary if you've never seen it. It's all about it. As a documentary, watched, it's, 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 yeah, it's pretty compelling. It's pretty compelling. And I, and I watched some. It's because like, he's from like a family of wrestlers and his brother Owen died. And it's like a lot of man. them. Yeah. Um, he's, what, what pay-per-view was that that Owen died at? Uh, over the edge. Yeah, they, they did a stunt down. where he was I remember that was in 98? 99. 99. Yeah. See, I, like, I remember these things You're happening. like a secret wrestling fan. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I'm in the periphery <laughs> of pop culture that is there, so I remember... Yeah. you got Ultimate Warrior face paint on. However, he uh, doesn't know that Sami Zayn turned heel for the first he has time. no idea. Two Sundays ago. Unbelievable. <laughs> I have no How idea. Turning no. heel. I do remember... The other thing is... I'm going to do that on the podcast today. I'm going to turn heel. In the, in the studio... <laughs> you booked it well. Right. I, didn't, I didn't see it coming. In the studio with us, we, of course, have thousands of comic books. So in a lot of those, of course, wrestling was advertised. So that is where my knowledge right. of a lot of these came from. Like I remember when Sting was actually the Sting with a scorpion on the face before yeah. he became the Crow... Yes. Um, yeah. How do you Warrior? know that Sting was the crow? How do you even know this? We, Mr. S- come on. You have like tapes of like <laughs> Raw 99. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like somewhere in here. Uh, okay. So, it's impressive. I mean, yeah. Uh, your wrestling knowledge is really impressive. From comic books. I oh. lo- Just like so many wink, other wink. things, I learned it from yeah. comic books. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we, what is funny is I will send a text to like my friend Jed or our friend Damien, like randomly. It will be 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, Wait, are Kane and The Undertaker related? <laughs> and my friend Jed will be like, how much time do you have? And I was like, I mean, that's a 20-year okay, story Can, I, right can there. I be honest? One of the first times that I was really <laughs> physically intimidated by another person mm. was seeing Kane in person. He is a gigantic yeah. human mm. being. So can we just mention that he is, he is potentially going to be the mayor of a town in Tennessee? This is true. He's like polling like near the top, like yeah. high. Wow. Yeah. Kane. Yeah. Hey, the guy who Arnold, once came down, Arnold can make him a but, governor. Came but, down with flames and like chokeslammed people. Yeah, that'd tables. be awesome. Uh, yeah, no, but like seeing him, like my being God, up, is yeah. that Kane? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it was when he debuted. Yeah. Okay, Vince yeah. McMahon was an announcer at the time and yeah. lost his mind. Was Paul Bearer there? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was. Was he there? I remember the Undertaker because Paul Bearer had turned on the Undertaker right. to bring Kane. Brother Kane. This is all logical stuff, right? He <laughs> turns on the Undertaker sure. and brings the brother that the Undertaker thought had died. Yes, in a to fire. the ring in a fire because the, the, the ring the, the, he had the ashes. He had an urn, mm-hmm. right? That, that would help when under, whenever the Undertaker was down. The urn would help bring him back up. Yeah, and Kane debuts. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. You remember this? Yeah, Kane yeah. walks down, rips the cage door yeah. off, and same yeah. thing Zeus did. Cocks his head like a dog. Rip the cane door off. Tiny Lister. Yeah, rip the cage door off on Saturday Night Man event. Now that's an actor, Tiny Lister, right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he, that was the same guy, right? Zeus? Yeah. Who was in No Holds Barred? Yes. Yeah. They had that whole tie. No Holds Barred. Yeah. Also, a Robocop tie in to uh, WCW. 
Yeah, when they had RoboCop come, come down and save someone. Come, yeah. It's Look. RoboCop! Yeah. Oh, boy. Was, I'm not making was, this was up. Was it actually Frank Weller, though? Or I, don't, was it... I don't know who it was. Peter I'm Weller. Sure it was... Peter Weller. Peter Weller. I'm sure it was some wrestler dressed yeah. up as okay. him. Okay. Like, walking really slow. Wow. Yes, anyway, I will put that on your bucket list. Yeah, like, I, I, I will see it. All, okay. And been, it sounds like it comes to Seattle pretty often. We've been sidetracking. Once or twice a year, yeah. We've been sidetracking, but in all 100% seriousness, I'm doing prayer hands right now. Yes. Put it on your bucket list as, as something to do. If if you're listening to this program, do like just go mm-hmm. once, once. Okay, and it's two and a half to three hours of your life. There's no way you're not gonna have fun. There's yeah. absolutely no way. Well, it's funny. You're is, gonna pay for Justice League and have three hours of your life spent there. Spend three hours watching a Raw or SmackDown mm-hmm. or a pay per view okay. if it comes to town. There's uh, no lanterns. What is? Yeah, no. Uh, so a friend, a friend of ours, Damien, <laughs> uh, from the Curly Nerd Podcast, he he has done some video work for WWE. Yeah. Um, in and around Texas. And at one point, Tim had asked him, like, you know, like, kind of how big are these guys? And Damien is, is a big dude. They're big. And he was like, they are huge. huge. The person who made Damien feel small, though, was Brock Lesnar. Oh, he, God. And it's just like, because Brock Lesnar is just this mountain of a person. Yeah. So. My wife, who hates all things wrestling, mm-hmm. saw him just on TV. But we were watching something, and he... There was an advertisement or something, and I remember years ago she saw him and said, that is a scary-looking man. Yeah, he looks scary. He is what humans looked like 10,000 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Um, well, that's been about to wrestle segment of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, the universal heavyweight champion, by the way. Yes. Universal. Current okay. reigning and defending. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Are we moving on? I just remember, and he keeps losing to Goldberg. I just I remember seeing that. him in the UFC. What I loved seeing in the UFC when he came there. Isn't the UFC fake, he, though? Oh, oh <laughs> we're about to fight right now. <laughs> is, it, um, is it fake? But no. When oh, he beat, see, I didn't know when it was he beat Shane Carwin, that was the thing. We're like, all right. But when Cain Velasquez beat Brock Lesnar, like legitimately like, beat him up. To see Brock Lesnar after that, because Brock Lesnar being as big as he is, and after never losing in his college wrestling career, mm-hmm. getting beat up at 35, 36, for the first time in your life, that wasn't, like, his post-show interview was, like, seeing that man as humble, like, yeah, because... Uh, I'm going Punk got beat up. It was, it, was, it was pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, that, that was dumb. He Yikes. should not have been in there. But anyway, uh, yeah, so wrestling... I will check it out at some point. Check out live wrestling. Uh, obviously can. not this week because we have a screening on Tuesday. But when the next one is go. is in town, I'm leaving it up to you two. Let me know. We will let you know. We will go together. Yeah. How about okay. that? All right. Change, it's going to change your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, uh, all seriousness. So I interviewed, uh, what's his name? Uh, Iglesias, the comedian. What's his name? The fluffy G- comedian? Gabriel. Gabriel Iglesias. And he said he got a lot of his cues for the stage from wrestling. He's a huge wrestling Oh, fan. Fluffy? Yeah. After we interviewed, we talked about wrestling for like 20 minutes. When did you interview him? He, this was like dude, two he years ago. Awesome. He's he hilarious. But yeah, he said he gets a lot of his cues from wrestling. Okay. Like like his stage presence, how to do stuff. And I was like, yeah, that makes 100% sense. Yeah. No, they they are yeah. actors. <laughs> and they are really good actors because like people compare it to soap opera. But soap opera is sure. taped. You can be like, cut, do it again. Right. Being that this is live, and so yeah, I, like I said, I totally respect them as performers. Okay, so since we're talking about wrestling and acting, can we, two seconds. Uh-huh, yep. Have you guys all caught up with Tyrese's beef with The Rock? Uh, yes, unfortunately. Sort of, like I don't even, <laughs> it is, it is, I don't even get what it, it is. It gives like, me joy every time I see it. So because what Tyrese it, is a little delusional. Uh, the, 100%. The, the Rock like trashed his album or something? No, no okay. That, that so, that's what his accusation is, though. 
No, was, oh, that was an old clip. That's an old, an old clip. clip. Okay, so but maybe I don't realize he probably is quietly trashing him. So I'm Team Rock all the way. So always, yeah, most so, people. So they've got the fast, quote unquote, fast family. Right. And um, apparently, according to Tyrese, they were never going to do any solo projects. That like they somehow want to do a, a, a solo with like Shut his up. his character Roman Reigns and somebody else, and he said no because they only do stuff as a family, right? So they've got these movies scheduled out, which is something that that um, Warner Brothers started when they started doing tentpole films, right? Scheduling them sure. out years ahead, mm-hmm. pouring budget and marketing to them, right? So now a lot of studios have adopted that same model because it works if you're going to do a tentpole film to let your your viewers know, hey, put this on your calendar. Mm-hmm. So the the last the next Fast movie was already in their mind set out, right? Mm-hmm. Then Universal said, in why don't we, infinite wisdom, why don't we do a spinoff <laughs> with The Rock? And Jason Statham, because leaving the last movie for its faults and all its greatness, collectively we all said they were really good together. Yeah, they were great. Together. They were great. Together. Absolutely agree. Right. So Universal's like light bulb moment. Let's mm-hmm. just do this between the fast movies. It'll be a fun thing to do. We can build on the franchise. We can expand it more, mm-hmm. and it's going to make a ton of money. Uh, oh, so much worldwide. Money. Right. Rocks. Rock. The Rock and Star worldwide. So can Statham. Mm-hmm. Right. So even if it makes seventy percent of its million dollars overseas it's still that yeah. those euros don't count the same so that's their their, their wisdom in doing mm-hmm. it however tyrese is livid that the rock <laughs> is making this decision he goes on these and multiple, this is not the rock making the this is the this studio is and here's hold on and statham gets none of the venom no statham who just right. randomly right. showed up gets none of the he disdain. showed up in one movie and they're like oh we like this guy how about we do something more yeah. with him statham gets none so it's all Pointing to the rock and the mm-hmm. rock being selfish and is this gonna be another Baywatch? Like he's just taking shots at the rock and talking about come see me. He said, Come see me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you have you seen the rock working out on Instagram? I don't want it. Yeah. I want no parts of that. Yeah. No. And I mean, regardless of the fact that he is now a, an incredibly successful actor, one of the most paid actors of the past couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's he's this a is a man who has been a professional football player. He was a wrestler. He comes from a wrestling background. Like, regardless of you just see him yeah. as an actor, that is a giant man who kind of <laughs> yeah. knows how to do stuff yeah, to right. hurt you. Yeah. yeah. Tyrese. Tyrese. Man. Just Here's my question. But what else, other than playing Roman, what else is Tyrese going to do? <laughs> think. He's not I, in the Transformers I, movies anymore. Mm-mm. No, he's probably still half hot about that, don't you think? Oh, possibly. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a, uh, here's, here, if I'm being honest, here's the thing. Tyrese has all these other things he's trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a check he wants yeah. that somehow is delayed a year or two. Right. So I get the frustration of like, you've been like, oh, but I got he, this money coming in. And he all has of a sudden, been in almost not. all of them. And those play almost every day on TV. He is getting residual checks. But like a check. Yeah. But like a check. I not like it. a check. I, yeah, like but, a check. But I, don't like see, a, I don't see Ludacris freaking out over that. Because Ludacris, Ludacris, Ludacris is busy. Yeah, Ludacris he stays is busy. busy yeah, yeah, but Ludacris hasn't sold a download or a record in a long but he, time. But he's, so, he, no, he's he, on a tour right now. Like yeah. He can still tour and do. Yep, that's true. Listen. He can do casinos. Love or hate Ludacris, right? He can tour right now and do like sell out. Luda's yeah. greatest hits. And mm-hmm. people will go But can't Tyrese go on the casino circuit? And sell what? I don't know. Do Sweet Lady 100 times? Well, right. I mean, that's kind of yeah. all we need, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if he has that kind of catalog. But Ludacris somehow, Ludacris has hits. Oh, I agree. Like, Ludacris, I don't know if Tyrese has that many hits in his bag. To I think Ludacris like, has 30, 40 Billboard top 40 hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tyrese right. has well, like And five. Ludacris is exactly. actually a pretty good actor. Like, yeah. Ludacris is a decent actor. And he like he started, he produced a, a I think, a show. You know, like, yeah. So he stays busy. He's diversified. He's no, diversified. I, I, I completely Tyrese agree. has not. No. And so he's looking at The Rock and just like swinging on him. And I don't know. Like, he's going to Instagram his way out of these movies. Oh, yeah. 
Because, like, why would anyone... Like, no one else from the cast has said a word. Right. No one has said... Because they recognize, like, all right, just let this guy... Yeah. Like, this is The yeah. Rock. This is going to expand our brand. Yeah, I'd love to work now, but, like... So do you think Vin Diesel took Tyrese aside and said, hey, man... Can you, someone... Just, oh, someone's just, probably just, calling him, like... Just do this for me. Chill out, man. And Tyrese is just, like, going out there doing the, like, Vin Diesel I job. I think he legitimately has some mental health concerns. Like, that's a... It's a weird... St- Cause that's a weird stance to take, and that's a weird target to take, right? Mm-hmm. In this situation, instead of like quietly having your graduate universe, I'm sure there's other people in the cast who were frustrated. Sure, if that's somehow some secret death pact they all made, that's fine. <laughs> but even if they did, if the studio is like, "Hey, we want to do a solo film. Here's twenty million dollars." Yeah, nobody's gonna be like. Uh, we're a family, and I choose not. Yeah, man, we're not, even, we're not even like, a real no. family. Someone needs to take Tyrese aside though and say, "Dude, your character can't." I mean, what, what does he want? He wants his own origin movie. Like he wants his own. Like, come he, on. I remember he tried to be Martin Luther King Jr. What he did? Well, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Have you ever seen his audition tapes for Django? No. <laughs> Yo, what? When you're done, you have to watch that. All right. that down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're Can bad. You, uh, They're yeah, bad. Jot that down for me. But that's Tyrese, yep. though, right? He he's. And he's talented enough where he could he could be a guy who shows up and stuff and it's fun to see. Mm-hmm. But he just keeps railroading himself at every yeah. turn. He keeps yeah. doing. It. I don't understand it. I it, it baffles me. The Rock Tyrese WrestleMania. Oh, uh, The Rock would throw him. Uh, the Rock would break that man in half. Yeah, just the Rock. But Tyrese like would get the star. payday though. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but, but but he's talking to me, right? He's talking about The Rock like also those WrestleMania paydays are pretty good. They are. Um, he's talking about The Rock like he's not an A-list actor. Seriously. That's the thing that's even befuddles me. Like, you're talking to this man like he's not one of the biggest actors in Hollywood right mm-hmm. now. Amazing. He could do comedy, he could do horror, he could do action, he yep. could do a rom-com, he could do whatever he wants. The movie he did with Kevin Hart last yeah. year. Central the, Intelligence? Yeah. One yeah. of the funniest movies of the year. Funny. Yeah. Like, it just, and the blooper reel that they yeah. came out with, like, on YouTube, mm-hmm. like, he it's gets funny. it. Like, he gets it. He is legitimately a good actor. It's funny. He did yeah. SNL? Like he's yeah. fine. Did SNL like more than once? Oh yeah, he did SNL he... way back with when Tim Meadows yeah. uh, was the ladies' man. Yeah, right. Uh, as and he dressed in drag. Like he was the Rock like, Obama. Is he done it five <laughs> times? I think he's in the five times. He might be. Yeah, yeah. No, dude, dude has earned every bit of accolade mm-hmm. that he's received. And, and I, he's and awesome. just, just and I don't, I don't fault just... Universal at all for being like, here's how we make more money. <laughs> right. Right. They're in the business of making money. They're not doing right. Universal is not a studio that's doing small indie projects. Well, let's be no. clear. Can, <laughs> that's not what Tyrese about. makes enough of a scene. I mean, you you just kill him off. You replace him like you yeah. replace Terrence Howard in, in Iron Man. You yep. just right. slide in another black yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> listen, if you it, give, listen, give him a Kai for a call. If you really no, like, hey. <laughs> if you replace Tyrese with James Davis, nobody would know. James Davis is funny. Like yeah. I yeah. would, I would, I would switch them out easily and be like, yeah, he's the new Roman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I would do that. No problem. So write that one down. James. Recast. Recasting with James Davis, Jared Carmichael. It'll be fine. Car- oh, there you go. Who would know the difference? He doesn't have to sing. There's no sweet lady. Yeah, in there's the no next sweet lady <laughs> coming out. He just has to be funny. Here's the thing. Here's the here's the crazy part. He's really good as Roman. Yeah, he at that great. one role. He's great. Yeah. Like. Comes in, hits the spots, hits his jokes, and gets gets in and out. Sure. And now he's just like becoming this pariah where I don't know if you can have him on set anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I'm sorry. To, to we did wrestling and we did Tyrese and <laughs> right. of the Rock. Yeah. Now we can get into some actual movies. Right. So we're talking movies. So, so yeah. So it's now that you gave us permission to talk about movies now. Now, now that we, we can talk about movies. <laughs> now on the we podcast. can. 
Uh, okay, so the first movie, Out of the Gate, yes. uh, is a movie that Mike and I saw. Oh. Uh, Tim chose not to see <laughs> I it. I did. I had, had to choose. It was an easy choice to make. You had to, no, it was during the day. You did not have to choose. You could, I, I, you well, you I had to choose either being employed or going to see a movie. No. Uh, I got to stand I think employed. Tim hates black people. I, do, I, I think I'm secretly racist, you guys. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so the movie that Mike and I saw is called Marshall. Uh, okay, yes. And did it I is, see Marshall? Yeah, I did yeah, see Marshall. Did. I remember it now. It's coming back. Uh, directed by Reginald Hudlin, uh-huh. who did yes. House Party, yeah. Boomerang from back in the day. I have, and a, I have an affinity for Boomerang, I got to Boomerang is a great movie. Yeah. Pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, so he did that. He definitely has kept busy. Like, he is a producer, produced a bunch of stuff. Uh, but this movie focuses on the life of, or I will st- I will read what it says, yeah, and then we will talk about let's that. Let's work so, from the synopsis back. Yeah. This is another terrible synopsis? So, I love these. After a young, or sorry, after, about a young Thurgood Marshall, the first African-American Supreme Court justice, as he battles through one of his career-defining cases. Well, so technically that's not wrong. I mean, it is not wrong. Is there more to the movie than that? Uh. Yeah, there there is more to the movie okay. that is not about Thurgood Marshall. <laughs> yeah. Really? So the movie takes place uh, around 1940, 1941. Uh, the case, the state of Connecticut versus Joseph Spiel. I think Joseph. Spell. Spell. Yeah. Joseph Spell. Uh, which, I mean, career defining. It's a little much. Is a little bit much. This is one of the cases that, I mean, it, it got a lot of press, mainly because of the subject matter. Basically... Uh, Joseph Spell worked as a chauffeur for a well-to-do uh, white family. And Spell is black. Yes, Spell is black. <laughs> and played played by Sterling K. Brown, Sterling, who won an Emmy for This Is Us. I love Sterling K. Brown. Crushes it in this movie. Yeah. He's great. With the uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes they give him throughout the course of this movie. Right. Um, but yeah, like he and this was filmed before he won everything. Like this, this wrapped a while ago. Uh, so this case was about Joseph Spell, the chauffeur, black chauffeur, who was on trial for raping and assaulting uh, a woman, Eleanor Stubbing. A white woman. Strubing. Strubing. A white woman woman that he worked for. Played by Kate Hudson. For about five minutes. Um, So it takes place, you know, predominantly just around that case, which made headlines and everything, you know, the Greenwich horror and all these things because people were just like, Oh my gosh, this crazy black guy is now going to be raping white women. It just it became sensationalized. But also if into the in, in you know, post reconstruction, right? That was the fear, right? That these black savages were gonna go around raping white women. Right. And, and nothing we can do about it. We have to lock these black savages up and keep them away from our women. Like that was right. in the culture that people yeah. really believed and they, yeah, they and espoused these views constantly. And in vanilla white Connecticut. I mean, that's right. that's an that's an yeah. easy layup, right? It's I mean, a layup. you just you just like we that. just saw last year the guy from Connecticut talking about drug dealers, like don't get your daughter pregnant by. He gave it like Tyrone and like yeah. these crazy like quote unquote black gangster names. Mm-hmm. Even now, in 2017, that's yeah. still right. an idea that exists in that area. So, so I can imagine of, what it was black in like the 1940s. Exactly. So I mean, I, which is why I can understand why they chose that case right. to focus on, as opposed to one of the other hundreds of cases that. Thurgood Marshall, you know, presided over, right. uh, or not presided over, uh, participated in as an attorney before the 1967 Brown versus the Board of Education that truly was his career-defining yeah. moment. So, but Chadwick Boseman plays Thurgood Marshall. 
which is also a little bit problematic uh, for a few different reasons. One of which being, uh, there's a thing called tokenism in Hollywood right. and in life. So <laughs> Chadwick Boseman, this is his fourth biographical movie. He yeah. played Jackie Robinson, played James Brown, yeah. played Floyd Little. Now he plays Thurgood right. Marshall. And he's playing T'Challa. Well, I mean, yeah, that one, 100% okay with. <laughs> yeah. But it just like, You're okay with that. these four historical figures, guess what, Hollywood? There's more than one black actor who can play these figures. Right. Um, and especially when it came to Thurgood Marshall, this is something that I took personally, um, that I have talked to Tim about when we came out of the movie. Thurgood Marshall was light, very light skin. Mm-hmm. As an African American, as a light skinned African American who was an attorney at that time, he talked about in his own writings the benefits that that gave him. Yeah, it gave him a lot of access that other people didn't have. I mean, he became Supreme Court Justice on the nomination of the president, you know, President Linda Johnson. There, there is some very real talk behind if he had been darker, that decision might not have been so easy. No. So, he himself, Thurgood Marshall, talked about that in his own writings. And then you have Chadwick Boseman, who is very dark. The other person who famously played Thurgood Marshall, I forget the name of the movie, way back in the day, was Sidney Poitier. Who, of course, is phenomenal. And also very dark. Right. But also, so, but not to be a devil's advocate, but mm-hmm. like, so if you're, if you're selling this movie, this isn't a free movie. This isn't like an exercise in art. Mm-hmm. They're trying to sell this movie. Who are you casting? So that actually is a, I to was going sell to sell the project. I was going to bring that up because they're first of all, you do not need to really sell yeah, you do. this well, this movie. If you're a studio, yes, you do. The the hard the difficult thing about we'll, this we'll get, movie. We'll get into this when we talk about Bloomhouse. But like if you're a yeah. studio, if you're that studio, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's right. unfortunately what you have to well, do. Well well let me say too. So this is um, Open Road Films, I think, is the studio yeah. that has mm-hmm. this. And they put this in the prestige season. I mean, Marshall's getting released yeah. in these last three months because there's they feel they have something for Oscar consideration. Mm-hmm. And so they're also trying to position this and market this as something that is going to appeal to the voter that may look at that DVD that arrives and go, hmm. Eh. Oh, it's got that one guy from this one thing in so, it. So, yeah. I mean, I, it's, so, it's not – Right, but that's the model, unfortunately, that they're in. Right, and I get that, but at the same time, and I and I almost hate to say this, this movie does not really need to exist for what it is. So at that time, put a different actor in that role and make a movie about this subject matter just to put it out there, just to put out a knowledge base or put out something so that people who do not have a knowledge base can be like, oh, this happened. But that's not what they're trying That's exactly. not at all what they're trying so, to so do. I, I get that. But the person there's a person in this movie who should have played Thurgood Marshall as opposed to the character that he did play. Who? So Roger his his middle Roger Gwynvere Smith. Gwynvere Smith. Who plays Walter White, you know, one of the um head people in the NAACP at the time. The who drug based, dealer? The drug what? No. <laughs> no, I was like, uh no. That guy sells meth. He does. Roger's not breaking anything bad in this though. Okay. Nice. He's only um, on he's only on screen that for blue a, stuff a fraction of the legit. time that we That Heisenberg is. Woo. <laughs> Roger Gwynvere so, Smith, by the way, is mm-hmm. a highly accomplished, completely underrated actor who's done Absolutely. stuff on Broadway one man shows. Right. But you're and, not selling the movie with him. So you, and you I can't, and I brought you up can't a, you can't sell the movie with him. I 
Yes, you're right. I, I, you brought, up, I brought up a picture, and I will put it on social media as well. Right. Um, so this is a picture of him in a different movie that he was in. Oh, yeah, I know that. That guy. is Thorgood yeah. Marshall. Yeah. Like that, the more I thought about it, the more it just bothered me that you put a guy who very easily could have played Thurgood Marshall in a movie as somebody else. But you're not going to sell it with them. You're not going to sell it with not. You're not selling You're absolutely right. You're right. right. But you're not selling a movie with him. Yeah. No one. No one's going to see that. The, be like, the, the only way you, you sell a movie with him is if you amplify your budget to the point where you are putting big A-list stars all around, around him. Around him, yeah. Like and, they did with uh, <clears throat> Hunger Games. This no-name, right. Jennifer, not no-name, but she had been in one other thing. But they put other talent mm-hmm. around her right and his big budget and so then people go see it because it despite yeah. not knowing who she is it looks like something that i should see because it has people i recognize and it looks like it's they put a ton of money into it. right yeah so just that was something that just it just bothered me so um the optics for one the the optics because again being light-skinned myself right and seeing it just like it was just it was just an odd choice i get why they did it from a budget standpoint like for making yeah. money and that is the thing is they kept this whole cast pretty small. I it mean, is. as it's far as as far as right. bit players, I mean, so you have Josh Gad, yeah. Kate Hudson, Chadwick Boseman, Sterling K. Brown, Sterling K. Brown, and James Cromwell. James Cromwell. Are we going to talk about James Cromwell? No. And who who's the attorney? Oh, uh, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens, who I love, Dan Stevens. Da- like, and that is the thing is, all of them are good. And so it was a Which, smart again, move to keep the cast small. You're not, just, you're not putting down the you're not putting any of those names on a poster to sell this movie. You're, you're not, not Josh. Put, well, no, Josh no you're not. You can't put their faces on a post. And James service. Cromwell did not need to be there at all. But the one face good. you can put is was Chadwick he good? Boseman. Was he good? Yeah, he, he was a step away from. Uh, um, oh gosh, my cousin Vinny. What, uh, yeah, the actor. What's what's his uh, uh, what's his name? Joe Pesci. No, 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 no. The the, the, the judge uh, Munster, Herman Munster. I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Yeah. But uh, give me a second. Yep. All all Cromwell does in this movie is just bark out <laughs> things from the ben- from the from his uh, from his bench. It's it's wow. it's silly, Cromwell. It's kind of comical. It's just well, it's one note. It's yeah. You know everything is done literally either right before or right after the smacking of a gavel, and it's just he's he's not. There's no scene where you hear you see the 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 judge in chambers talking to anybody. It's all just him. Fred, Fred Gwynn? Fred Gwynn is the name I could not remember. Yeah. Yes. So Fred Gwynn, who's just completely <laughs> this just like irascible judge in My Cousin Vinny, you right. get basically James Cromwell doing that, barking at people, yeah. you know, sustained, overruled, bang, bang, bang. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. And, um, and Dan Stevens, like, yeah. Dan Stevens was good. Kate Hudson was not very good. Well, what, what did you like about the movie? Um... So to be fair, and, uh-huh. and, and you know, Marshall, rather surprisingly, after I've seen it, now I think I like it a little more than you. We'll get into that, but mm-hmm. it has like a high eighty something on Rotten Tomatoes. The Metacritic isn't bad. Yeah, I, I'm. I I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, because my reaction to this movie is a little nicer than I think what you took away from it. But it's still not. I'm not wholeheartedly hugging it either. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's some issues with it. I mean, this is essentially what it felt like the whole time was a slightly bigger budget made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie, so we joked about it. Like, it is PG-13. Not that you needed to make a hard R version of this. You need to see, like, a rape for real. No. no. Yeah. If you cut two minutes of this movie, it could be PG. And this movie will play almost exactly what we saw on TBS in six months. Right. Yeah. Like, it just, it will 
look and feel exactly the same. It it feels you like you can show it in classroom. It feels like almost. Yeah. So Reginald Hudlin has left. He had left theatrical films and had worked in TV now mm-hmm. up until this movie, like fifteen years. Yeah. And it really shows. I mean, just the way that shots are composed and the way that the pacing of it. In my review, I described it as it feels like a pilot episode for something like Law and Order historical criminal cases. Something like that. Because really, the movie locks into really just... I mean, yeah, there's some other superfluous stuff going on, but it's really just the court case, mm-hmm. and it's a procedural wow. for a long period of time. And then you get it's it's flashback, right? So you you're hearing and you see both perspectives, kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know. And and there's a little bit of this Sterling K. Brown character not being forthright. Joseph Spell's not telling, right. always telling, giving them the truth, and they're having to go back and yell at him in an interrogation room. And you just it's all this stuff that you've seen over and over and over again in any episode of Law and Order or yeah. any of those shows that run on a loop on TBS, TNT, mm-hmm. USA, whatever. Now you amplify that and you put it on a big screen. And you give it a little bit more budget, mm-hmm. and and you give it a little bit better acting, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any issue with the acting other than for me, Cromwell. But I think Kate and, Hudson is fine. Yeah, she's alright. But but Brown is great. Bozeman is terrific. I even Josh Gad holds his own. I'm not he the does. biggest fan of him, but mm-hmm. I thought he was all right here. Um, but again, it it it's kind of unremarkable for a really remarkable person. And yeah. what I found really interesting about it is there's so many areas where you can still get this court case as the heart of the film, Mm -hmm. but you can put in other things about Thurgood Marshall's life that give this more weight. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and and they just choose not to do that. So, and, and part of it is, you know, you're looking at Thurgood Marshall. He, he, he comes to Connecticut. He's essentially an attorney for hire, right. Mm -hmm. As we learned for the NAACP. Yeah. Yeah, And they, they send him around and there's concern Mm -hmm. that this insurance defense lawyer is somehow now having to represent Joseph spell. So they send him to Connecticut. He gets into the courtroom. And the first thing that he hears is that only licensed attorneys in Connecticut can can speak in my courtroom. So (laughs) thank you, James Cromwell. So now he realizes he has no voice in the courtroom Mm -hmm. and he's just there now as an advisory role to this ill-prepared white attorney having mm-hmm. to defend Joseph Spell. That's compelling stuff, yeah. but it's all surface level, and they don't dig it for it. They just right. give it to you. Yeah. And In one scene. And and what's <laughs> yeah. frustrating about this is that the movie's written by, uh, there's a screenwriter, uh, Jacob Koskoff. His father, Michael, mm-hmm. is, is a civil rights lawyer, and this is his first crack at a screenplay. Oh, wow. So that's kind of a cool thing, too, except I, I just wonder how much Jacob with the experience of writing screenplays gave into his dad's sort of like, we need to drive this point home and Reginald Hudlin just kind of looking at a script going, okay, well, yeah, okay, let's put that in that in that in, and then taking this TV aesthetic mm. and putting that filter on it. And it's just, it's a missed opportunity for greatness. Yeah. And as it is, I think it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. yeah and it just, a movie like this begs for historical context because and not in title cards it, seriously you love your title cards at the end to spell out stuff that should have been in the film like it, seriously <laughs> and so they gave us a few in the beginning they gave us a few at the end a lot of people who might go see this movie are not going to know as much as maybe other people which is fine historical biopics fit that mold of like hey let us tell you the story of this person mm-hmm this movie just begged for more historical context to really build this character and to build who he was, and it just failed at that. Or so even it, build how important this case was at that time. 
And at that time, I mean, yeah, like I said, it was not a career defining thing, but it was still an important case for what it for the subject matter. Right. And so it was just it was an odd thing. One of the other things that bothered me uh, is at one point they go to they go to Harlem, they go to this restaurant and he's sitting down uh, with Langston Hughes. Jesse Smollett plays Langston Hughes in a very, uh, I will not say frilly way. Um, and there, I mean, yeah, you can go back and forth with Langston Hughes um, and his sexuality. Right. Uh, but he's there with another man. And then completely randomly, they're like, oh, Zora's here. And like Zora, Zora Neale Hurston comes down, like gives Langston Hughes a kiss on the cheek. They have like five seconds of dialogue. And that is it. You never hear of them again. You never like. There was no reason for that to be in there right. at all no... because, again, a lot of people going to see this might barely know about Thurgood Marshall. Are they really going to know that Langston Hughes and Thurgood Marshall went to college together? Well, or there's... are they going to care? There's like... just no context for it. Zero. That's the problem. So even it just it's 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 sort of this oddity of a scene that 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 is there, I think, to sort of give it some credibility maybe. Right. But then at the same time, they never – there's never anything resolved with it. Yeah. It just, it's just, you know, Oh look, it's a celebrity sort of that he knows. And look, right. they went to college and Oh look, here comes someone else. And okay, great. Now back to the courtroom. And it's like, right. ah, what? Yeah. I think there's a large percentage of the audience of this movie who is not going to know who any of those people, who those two people are. It's and a little how important they were back then. Well, it's, seriously. It's, <laughs> so it reminds me, you know, this is a far different kind of film, but it reminds me of our conversation about Detroit, yes. which launches you into a huge moment in the civil rights sort of movement of the, uh, of, of the time. And yet we have no context for why exactly. the police break up this, um, this event where, you know, they don't tell us that, you know, the two African-American people that are being celebrated at this, this illegal party are Vietnam vets that have come back home and made it. Mm -hmm. They're just busting up a party. So there's, there's these issues where there's no context for, yeah. <laughs> right. for audiences that are, that are seeing this movie with a, with a vested interest and maybe, due to their due to their ethnicity or just due to their you know their path in life they just don't know these stories and they we have to find a way to give context to the important elements that they're trying to introduce and these both of these movies kind of failed in that regard yeah. mm -hmm. and it's yeah. frustrating and it was also frustrating at so the end when they give us those title cards which is is fine the way they did it was interesting at least visually they would kind of put the photo up and the text would come out a little bit differently they tried something different give us video like show this man and show some of the things he was going through. But the biggest offense, <laughs> not, not the biggest offense, one of the silly offenses. So first of all, Common gets a song at the end of the of movie. Of course he does. Common does all the cool songs for all the movies. I it's think only Common because Common and Andre, Andre Day, by the way. The, yeah. It's a, it's a, it, it is a collaboration. It's um, a collaboration custom made for Academy voters. Yes. A hundred percent. Like, hey guys, remember Selma? Yeah. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. 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 Um, he did one for Detroit too. Oh, they did, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the problem with that is that after the after the credit or after the cards, the title cards, you know, the song starts playing and they hit you with the song. After the song plays for the three minutes, we're like, luckily, I was still in the theater writing some notes and doing all yeah, that. We we're just chatting. We we're just, just chatting. kind of figuring out how we we're going to get to the people next are scene. leaving the theater, and then Thurgood Marshall's real voice comes on and gives a monologue, just kind of about you know his life and perseverance and all of that. There were six of us left in the theater, and I was like, "Are you serious?" Like, so it literally comes on after, like, in the last chunk of credits. So, yeah. like, you know, you've got all the like, like a Marvel after the below the line scene. tech thing, and now you've got the you know, kind of. There's a 
there's a way that these things are structured, mm-hmm. right? So the, the the song cues that are in the movie, I think it comes in like right at that point. So you know there's like very little credits left and suddenly here's his voice. And we were all looking around going, wait, what? Like what what is happening? Yeah. So right you would have put that at the very end of the movie? At the like after after the course case after the court case is settled, you resolve all the characters, blah blah blah. Before you do the title cards, or even on top of the title cards of showing real pictures, real video of him, give that monologue. Then hit us with comment. But the fact that they right. kept that for the last two thirds of the credits was insulting. Like I left the theater upset with that. And I was like, really? Like that is what you? It was just that was a it's, it's, horrible it's an, choice. It's an odd decision. That is a very odd choice. Yeah, because if you were going to give what I want, which is the real people doing real things, show it. Like it was just that was crazy. Yeah, made no sense. Um, I think that about wraps up my notes. Wait, what did you like? You didn't even tell me what you liked about. Oh right, I mean it was shot well. Um, I cannot say that I like the music because the music was kind of all over the place. Oh, that scene. The so we get the flashback of what actually happened between mm-hmm. Spell and Strubing, and um, they use. I don't even know what to describe because in 1941, smooth jazz didn't exist. It was, the 19, it was the 1941 it, version of smooth it jazz. It exists here, and it's it's not like uh, Watchmen Hallelujah sex scene bad, but, but it is like jarring to like see this sort of pivotal moment that sort of the whole case is built around mm-hmm. and that we've you know waited to see like, okay, so what really happened? Mm-hmm. And when when they basically come together and you know that they're going to, you know, kiss and have this moment, mm-hmm. we get like doom 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 and yeah. it's like no basically no. Okay. So all of all of no. us are all of us are men in this room. At some point, uh, and actually Mike, you and I talked about it on, on the last episode you were on, you had a TV in your room way earlier than you should have. Agreed. All of us at some point have watched Showtime or Cinemax yes. late at night. Speak for yourself, brother. Shut up. Uh, Timothy, <laughs> uh, it is that kind of music, where it is just so just like softcore porn soundtrack, but high, like it was jazz, but it was just it easily you could put that same song over different. Scenes. So so Ugh. think not Blue Note, but maybe Concord or Vanguard records, mm-hmm. and then the jazz ensemble from one of those labels okay. kind of getting a shot to like all right, yeah. score this scene, and yeah. they're like okay, one two three, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's it, like, was, it was just weird. And what was weird is in the other flashbacks, it had this kind of noir, detective noir type of tone. And it was like, okay. You know, yeah. it was kind of like gumshoe detective, yeah. you know. But it kept that in that sex. It was just weird. So the music was all over the place. But, I mean, overall it was shot. Well, the performances were all pretty solid. I mean, Kate Hudson was not at very much, and she was over the top and weepy. Um James Cromwell was kind of whatever, um, but over like the performances overall were good. This is also the year, and Mike and I joked about this when you came out. This is the year of see-through negligees. Oh, <laughs> because you get it in Mother. Yes, we saw it in this, uh, and actually we see it in the move, the other movie that we will talk about. Right. Uh, so, but I, th- I think you're, you're concerned with this film is, is sometimes what we see with a lot of films that are set up for a war season, which is there's a lot of notes from the studio to try to make it something yep. that pops. Hit him with this. Yeah. Hit him right. with this. Right. You know. So, so you know, a lot of that may be out of Hudlin's, Hudlin's, Hudlin's hands. hands and the, and the screenwriter's hands and the actor's hands because they're just how follow, do we make it? The notes. Yeah, yeah. When we decide we're going to release it during this time, it has to be this thing or else it doesn't work. Well, I yeah. I think 
my optimism when I saw it first sort of pop up on the release schedule and mm-hmm. I'm seeing like all these names attached to it, I was optimistic. I yeah, thought so this, I. this could be something pretty special. Mm-hmm. I, I know you didn't see it, but you're right. I yeah. mean, it plays like one of those movies that is steered and geared towards the Academy voter. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. there's a reason why, as I sort of thought about it as, as we settled in for the movie we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. um, it sort of dawned on me like, okay, yeah, this is why there hasn't been a whole lot of Oscar buzz around Marshall because I think people in the industry maybe got a look at this and went, eh, yeah, this doesn't really do what it's yeah. set out yeah. to do. And and that's kind of why. And so it feels a little, again, it's just, a, it's, 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 it's fine. It, it plays fine on TV. It, it's not a terrible movie by any stretch, but it's not special and it kind of should have been. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's not like a missed opportunity. Oh, 100%. He deserves yeah. a better movie, clearly. Yeah. He did. De- he deserves- and this is his first movie. I mean, there's there's first theatrical movie that focuses on him. That's uh, a, I think. No, I mean, no, no. Because Sidney Poitier. Uh, oh no, you're, you're right. Yeah, you mentioned they, that. At least and they, the, they've okay. done a few. I mean, Morgan Freeman played him in a TV show at one point. Well, I'm um, saying like yeah, TV stuff. I know. Yeah. He's, but 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 as far as movies, there, there have been a couple movies. Okay, so but yeah. I would love for this to have. I haven't been. seen the Poitier version, so oh. or story. So. I mean, it was fantastic. It was Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. I mean. But this could have been something, and maybe this is what they're kind of poking at, but like, I Am Not Your Negro from last year with James Baldwin. Brilliant film. This is what that should have been. And, and I think, like, give us that story. Like, focus on like three different cases. Focus on three cases. Focus on him. Right. <laughs> and not Josh Gad, which takes over. I mean, it is not even it's a 50 50 split. It's a co lead at, yeah. at worst. Yeah. Yeah. Gad's well, in it a lot. A lot. So, uh, but yeah. So for the rating system for this podcast. Uh, there are three choices. I know that Mike will do some stars on his stuff or some grades. Tim does his own thing. I do whatever. Uh, <laughs> on this podcast, there are only three choices. Grades for hire with Tim. I mean, right. You want. Uh, the three choices are good, bad, or ugly. Good is something that you left the theater happy. You want to recommend it to somebody. Bad, eh, it's just kind of meh. You do not really feel anything or do not want to immediately tell the world about it. Ugly. You hated being in the theater. You wanted to just punch somebody, possibly the director or the actors involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for Marshall, 2017, That's Mike, funny. what do you get? Um, I gave it a passable recommendation on my website, but that can't push it to good. So I'll say bad unless it's six months from now and you're folding laundry and it's on TV. Then it's a good. Hmm. But it's a okay. bad right now. Yeah. Uh, with me, I mean, I would not like give it an ugly because it, there were still some uh, moments that I liked. Right. Uh, this is a story that even though I, because I know a lot about this person and everything, I wanted more from it. But I think a lot of people going into it being like, all right, at least this gives me an idea of who this person was, but it was just bad. It was a totally missed opportunity. I, yeah, I, I was, I was disappointed in it, but it was not ugly. So bad. Cool. Uh, now to a movie that Mike and I have not seen. What? Uh, and Tim saw. The Did number I? one movie in America. The number one movie in America, you guys. <laughs> Somehow. At least yeah. for, wow, might be for a couple weeks. Really? Yeah, probably. Well, what do we have next? Geostorm, well, which we don't get to see. I don't okay, know. So there's a lot of, there's a lot <laughs> of, come only, on, there's know. a lot of only the brave people <laughs> coming out of the woodwork. I'm just telling oh, you. God. I have, yeah. T- Tim and I had the hardest of passes on that. And what was the other? The, Thank you for your service. Yep. Yeah. Zero yeah. interest. I'm not. I'm There's not also a... another faith-based movie coming out next week too. Oh great! Some I don't know the title. I have to look it up. But yeah. Uh, but Geostorm does come out uh, this weekend <laughs> on the twentieth. Sad that we're not screening it. And I actually sent an email to to one of the studio reps, yeah. begging, 
Well, no, just being like, hey, this is coming out. Are we getting a screening? No response. <laughs> so it's the kind yeah. of it's the kind of bad movie I like to watch. Yeah, Geostorm. Yeah, we definitely will talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, am I gonna have to pay for that one? Yeah. 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 Anyway. So, the movie that you saw, Tim, tell us all about it. I saw Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, which, it's hard not to, to, to avoid the Groundhog Day comparison, but it's okay. like Groundhog Day, but with a nice little horror spin to it. Um, we saw this earlier this year. It was Before I Fall, a movie you guys did not see. Oh, yeah, I saw Before yeah. I Fall. You saw Before I Fall. Zoe Deutsch. Zoe Deutsch. Deutsch another she was Groundhog pretty good Day. in that movie. Yeah. Nope, nothing. Okay. Um, we saw it. Was it wait, was it in theaters? Yeah. John... Before yeah, I fall. before I fall. Right. Yes, I will take your word for it. This guy's a critic. What is happening <laughs> right now? How did I, how did I miss and that? Sammy Zayn turned heel. You didn't even know that. He didn't even know that happened. And now you know before I fall. That's two strikes, John. It's two. <laughs> okay. Uh, and also, we saw we saw the same sort of like premise with one of my favorite movies, Edge of Tomorrow. Tom Cruise, the Great, was in it. Yeah. Um, mm. Anyway, so it takes place at this fictional college in Louisiana where this girl named Tree is a uh, tree. 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 That's her Sorry, name, right? Am I, know, am I I'm wrong? Her name's Tree. No, no, you're right. I just didn't know you're gonna leave that. We're gonna leave that. No, hanging her, her name is. Her wow, tree. I grew up with, with tree. like with, with some hippie. It's not even short for people. Anything, it's like just tree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Colorado in, in the seventies, yeah. there was river, rock, yeah, star, stream, tree, tree. I went to high school with a misty night. Wow. What? Shout out to her. Did she have an afro? Uh, no. Oh. Did she have a metal arm? She wouldn't talk to me. Oh, oh one of those, huh? Ooh, so is, I just this... called her out in a podcast. This is how I yeah, Missy. This is a safe space, Mike. Tell us yeah. all about. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. She snubbed me in the hall. Whoa! Yeah. How dare her? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's and now, uh, you know what? You did better because look what podcast you're on. She is not on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. She's Misty. not about to review anything. No. Exactly. Get out of here, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up now. Go ahead. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I can tell. You can feel the heat come from over there. <laughs> so, um, so tree. Tree. So Tree is not a very likable character. She's kind of a mm. jerk, kind of a, a mean girl. Okay. And she wakes up in the storm room from some boy who she doesn't remember from the night before. And she's, you know, befuddled and running through her day. And she's planning a celebration for her birthday later on that night. Okay. On her way to her birthday celebration, she's murdered. Mm. It's clearly a setup. Like she walks down like this alley. Just, I don't know why she's walking this place at night by herself. Why? The, yeah. the script she's, required she's, it. She's doing the thing <laughs> right. that people do in scary movies, which is go someplace you Be would dumb. never go solo. And she, you, you have defended that before. Anytime we talk about a scary movie. Because it's necessary. And I'm like, why do they do this? And Tim is always like, they need dumb people to do dumb things. You do. Yeah. So she does <laughs> the right. dumb thing, which is walk down. And there's like a music box playing. And she's like oh, all enthralled with it. Uh, this killer shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on. Hold on. There's a music box in the so, middle of like nowhere. Like of a course. Box and she was like, oh, I should go investigate that. Yeah, she's looking yeah. at it. And she's yeah. just like, you know. Beautiful. So love, she's killed already. by a person who's dressed in like a black hoodie and has wear like this baby mask with the baby mask is also the baby face is the mascot for this fictional school they go to. So everyone has baby masks like because right. it's, it's homecoming or whatever. I don't know something. What kind of mascot so, is a baby? So it's that's a fictional school. So okay. that's the banner ads I've been seeing on my internet. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah. the hard plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So. She after she's murdered, she immediately wakes up in the bed again at this boy's dorm room, mm. and she realizes she's living the same day over and over again. So she recognizes it immediately, not immediately. Okay, she like starts how many, how many cycles? Because a couple Groundhog's... cycles where she realizes okay. she's kind of she thinks she's going crazy, which which I also thought was cool, which was this idea that if you were actually going through that, you might think you're losing your mind. Mm-hmm. Like other yeah. films, sort of like deviate from that, but she immediately is like, "I'm going crazy." Mm. Um, 
But then she, you know, she confides in the guy in the dorm room, her friend, about what's happening. And he says, look, well, it's clearly something you're trapped in. So let's, I think you need to figure out who your killer is. So you have ultimate lives to figure out who your killer is. So does he believe Tree right from the beginning? No, of course not. No, okay. All right. But so she's talking to him. So so does he kind of plant the seeds of doubt in her? Does she, does she have some deep rooted no, no, like? I mean, does, does he branch out through? and and help her? She's she's planted in her belief that he's yeah. gonna help. So and then does, if she runs away, does she leave? Okay, yeah. enough, yeah. enough, yeah. you guys. Yeah. All right, so all right, so that happens, and so team dad joke. And it's, it's beautiful. At some point, she realizes that it's taking a toll on her body, like hmm. these multiple deaths. Or yeah. It's having a physical toll on her, and so okay. she can't live forever. So she needs to hurry. So the metaphorical bark is being chipped away. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So she's <laughs> she ha- she has to figure out quickly. I mean, this sounds a little bit sappy. It is. Mike's gonna spit on his mic. Mike almost is in a spit take. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's got to figure out. She so now so now this person who thought they had unlimited lives like a video game is now realizing she's on short time. And so gotcha. she's got to like, I got to hurry up and figure out who's murdering me before it's too late. So she's not going to be an old growth forest. <laughs> she's not. Okay. What? She's not. Okay. She's not. Uh, is she so petrified? That, oh. She is petrified. Okay. A lot. <laughs> uh, that's the move. That's that's the film. It, it's everything you think. And going back to what you were saying about about Marshall, I think Bloomhouse, Blumhouse. I think Blumhouse. Blum. Blum. Is it Blumhouse? I think it's. I Blum. No it's Blum. There are no umlauts. It's Blum. Um, Blumhouse? It's, it's Blumhouse, right. yeah. Jason so Blumhouse. Blum, yeah. Just Blum, mm-hmm. Bless and Blum. So Blumhouse Productions. They're able to do this movies movies like this with someone you haven't seen in anything and mm-hmm. actors you don't know. Because yep. it's a very short budget. It's very small. It's a minuscule. Well, he's, and built, that, he's built his production house off on, these kind of movies. Yeah. Get Out was the Which same way. I'm super the, excited. The Purge was the same way. Um, he actually, Todd McFarlane is working with him for a Spawn movie. Yes. Doing like a low budget, straight up horror film with Spawn and not something crazy CG not a superhero movie like a horror film when they when they yeah, started working they, together and, I was like that and they're is doing they're, like, the purge is one of the movies they're doing they're doing a new purge movie apparently another one the, why not well, right. why why would you do that uh, and then there's the, they're redoing Halloween with John Carpenter which I'm excited about with John Carpenter yeah that was smart to do that is, Jamie Lee Curtis is in that too yeah, right? oh yeah too. yeah I, I did read they about that brought her back to life because she, she dies in that one movie she, she dies she's dead so anyway so because they're able to do this, um, they're able to sort of focus on these stories. And there's not there's not a lot of notes because it's not a big budget. Okay. So you essentially are sticking with whatever vision you have for the film and rolling with that. Okay. Which a movie like Marshall would have benefited from, but instead yeah. it's this movie. So they have the, – the production company has no fantasies about what this movie's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a $200, $200 million movie. It's mm-hmm. not supposed to be – Something that's that's lauded during the Academy season. It's just supposed to be a horror film that makes some money just and scares people. Generic slasher movie, not generic, but yeah, simple a slasher, slasher film. Simple that, slasher with the twist to it. That's okay. the whole point of the movie. A PG thirteen slasher. A PG thirteen slasher only, film. Oh, it is only PG thirteen. You know, th- so there, there's a part when it's it's like it's more comedy than horror. Right? There's a part in the film where it's I've heard that a lot from you and other local film critics. They're like, who? It, a lot of our local film critic society. Quite a few of them love horror. Yes. And so they were really hyped about this. They chose to go to that yes. instead of the movie that Mike and I went to yeah. that we will talk about later. And then when I started reading your reviews after, everyone, like, a lot of people were disappointed because they were like, this was a lot funnier they, than they were expecting. Because they do real horror. Like, yeah. That's why when I remember when Get Out was first announced. That's why I was all in. I think we might have talked about it. Mm-hmm. 
because they, I was like, oh, they do legit horror. Yeah. So this is going to be right. great. So, and not that not the Happy Death Day doesn't have scares to it, but mm-hmm. it's definitely leans more towards a, a silly comedy with some horror elements in it. Interesting. Versus like a horror with some comedy elements in it. Like, like Get Out. Like, or Scream. Like Scream oh, is okay. like a horror movie that's kind of funny, but clearly right. the stakes are like high because people are getting murdered. Um, this is different. Like there's there's a, a montage where she, where she's trying to figure out who murdered her, and it's so goofy. It's like set to like some pop music, and she's like, <laughs> she's got her mm. face covered, and she's like in camouflage. She's she's got her list. She's going through and checking out people, and then she's dying hilariously at the hands of her killer. Does she it, die a kinda, different time? Different time. Every or day, a different way. Different ways, and it, it undermines the horror aspect of the film. Yeah. The third act is essentially her like, I think I know who did it. Let me hmm. sort of be. But she's, to her credit, I forgot the actress's name who who plays Tree. But she's she's that actress is Jessica uh, Roth. Jessica Roth. She's great. She, she can. She she's can, good. She's not wooden. She's not wooden at all. She can. Uh, <laughs> yes. She can do. Uh, she can do the the action. She can do the horror. She can do mm-hmm. the like when she, that scene that sequence where she's kind of losing her mind. She does all that very well. So I, I'm I'm hoping to see her in some more stuff because she I thought she was fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going through the cast list and no one you know. Yeah. Hey, I, and even the reveal at the end about who the killer is is kind of like, okay, guys. I was it, it something where, because that was another thing with, with <clears throat> Marshall. Uh, so Kate Hudson's husband, who you see in the courtroom, because you start to get this <laughs> these illusions of like, oh, you know, is she being abused at home, blah, blah. Whenever they pan to this guy, he might as well be twiddling a mustache. Yeah. Like he is just. He doesn't have a speak. He doesn't speak in the movie, does he? I think he has a line at the very, very end. Oh, like yeah, he just yeah. scowls. He's and just like, yeah. You're staring like, oh, down at so his that shoes. guy beats her up at home. You no, know, right. it, it's not that overt. Okay, um, I, it's it's there's is a it, couple. Was there's a predict- a couple. Did you know? Did you have a good idea of who it was going to no, be? No, I did not. Oh, okay. No, does it make sense? Uh, yeah, because she's mean to everybody. Yeah, okay. so it makes sense that one of the people she's mean to all the time would be someone who gotcha. maybe did not love her as much. Right. She's mean to okay. everyone, so of course there's there's a long list of people who wouldn't like her. And the the first run through her day, you see a bunch of people she's just not nice to, and you're like, okay, she's that kind of person who right. would sort of like grow a, a long list of people who don't enjoy her company because she's not very nice. Okay, but interesting. Yeah, that, that's that's the movie. It's fun. It's got some fun action. Happy I, Happy Death Day two. Oh, for sure. It's gonna, yeah. it might oh not, really? It's gonna, oh, it might not be in theaters, but it's definitely gonna get a sequel. So it's directed Christopher Landon. Some other kids. Some other kids gonna be in it. Christopher Landon's done some. Yeah, he. Yeah. What is he? Uh, Disturbia, Disturbia, Paranormal Activity three. Right, right, right. Disturbia was uh, one of my favorites. Paranormal Activity, the Mark are the Paranormal ones? Activities the, no, the later ones? So. Are they Blumhouse? I don't know. They are not. Yeah, no? he did the screenplay for Paranormal Activity two, three, four. Two was fun. See, that's how I know his name. Yeah. yeah. So it's okay. as, as a story, it's fine. It just I think it leans a little bit more on the comedy. Uh, maybe that's the PG thirteen aspect of it, but it does. Being at the screening, there were a, a large contingent of young college students. Who laughed and enjoyed so just right a their, lot more right stuff than wheelhouse. I did? Yeah, it's perfect for them. They're they're gonna watch it in their dorms and be like, "Oh, this is so funny." She's a college student, and, and we're college like, students. She's in a sorority, <laughs> and there's like that sorority stuff, and her mean sorority sisters, and they're all mean to other people, and yeah. it's that it's that thing. But okay. it's it's fine if you if you're into like silly, funny horror stuff. That's fine. And you know, I, I was watching, um, the final girls last night. Oh yeah, yeah. You posted about yeah, that. funny. It's not that. Like that's like a parody of like horror right. movies. It's not that. What is like Cabin in Well, Cabin in the Woods is one of those things where it is a more, parody, more but scary. also like 
definitely like Cabin more in the more. Woods is playing around with its viewer and like kind of mm-hmm. nodding and winking until it doubles down and is oh, like yeah. terrifying. Like I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it. <laughs> Cabin in the Woods is pretty rarefied air for me just as, for a, sure. as, you know, I'm not like an avid horror fan. I mean, I don't have anything against horror movies. I mm-hmm. just don't watch thousands of them like some right. folks do. Like me. Um, yeah. Cabin in the Woods is, is legit. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it, it doesn't it, it it doesn't have that feel to it. Cause, okay. And I also think it suffers from like we've seen a lot of very low budget horror films be great. Like yeah. Hush, like these other films mm-hmm. have been mm-hmm. amazing that, that, you know, especially some from from blue mouse or blue mouse that they've put out that have been really legitimately terrifying horror films at a lower budget so there's the, i mean it's always going to be mirrored with those movies so i think that the expectation may be different but if you go in knowing it's a horror comedy and it's kind of fun it's kind of like it's surprisingly enjoyable i think you'll be all right with it okay and it is it, it won the box office it won the box yeah. office it's, so. it's october people are seeking horror films there so. are people always on my Twitter timeline looking for horror films to watch. And it is October. I mean, so. Well, and it has the, the horror, the sort of the horror audience for a couple weeks till Jigsaw, right? I mean, that's, that's not. That's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jigsaw is the, the late October, the Halloween horror mm-hmm. movie, right? Um, that's just the, nameless, faceless people getting murdered. Which, right. Yeah. And that won't be PG-13. No. 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 It'll, it'll open with a very hard R. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Opening sequence where someone's getting decapitated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, I great. mean, if you. If you're looking for that like super scary hard R, you know that will be Jigsaw. If you want to see somebody get chopped down, yeah, you want to take the uh, fi- then... you want to take the kids to one, right? Happy yeah. Death Day, yeah, Happy Death Day. Oh, say so, like Jigsaw, take and, and you can watch Jessica take Ross. Take kids to Jigsaw. Take kids to Jigsaw. Ugh. Yeah, no, because okay. uh, you can threaten them like I'll take you to see Jigsaw if you don't stop acting up. That's what I would go. do. That's me as a parent. I'm upset that neither one of you caught my chopped down joke. Tree. What? Chopped down. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, Tim is just so mad. I'm over these dad jokes. There's like a hundred of them in like five minutes. Uh, okay, so good, bad, or ugly for Happy Death Day? Uh, it's a good. Okay. It's a good. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good movie. It's something that if Do you think somebody on, needs watch. to see it in a theater or is it a Netflix thing? I mean, if that's, if that's in your wheelhouse, see it in a theater. Okay. But it's definitely something that I think more people will visit on Netflix and randomly watch one day and be like, oh, this was a lot of fun. It, it's, okay. it sounds anyway, box office being what it is, I mean, it sounds like a movie that sounds like it could generate a pretty nice cult following, right? Yeah. I mean, so and by al- the time the second yeah. rolls around. Yeah. And also, it's like a... It's, oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, um, I don't know, uh, it's like a gateway drug, right? If you're a parent and you want to get your kid into horror films, mm-hmm. that is what you do, right? Because maybe mm. my nephew's maybe a little too young for like Jigsaw, Right. But I want to get him into horror. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I show him something like Happy Death Day. And you can't find your Saw box set yeah. right. to lead him into right. Jigsaw. I can't so. show him Phantasm. Maybe <laughs> I show him that. Hellraiser? No. Yeah. It, I, on a, all jokes aside, I'm, very, I'm 100% serious, right? Because I think that's the purpose the movie's going to have. You could, you could show them the killer tree from Poltergeist yeah. just as a tie-in. There you go. Yeah. Happy Death Day. Right. Like you I don't like want to show him this crazy Not stuff all trees yet. are created equal. No. Yeah. No. Uh, Wizard of Oz. You know, right. the apple throwers. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Or that crazy tree. Her name is Tree. And Evil Dead. Is that ridiculous? Tree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So it, yeah. Gets, it gets good. It gets a good. Yeah. It's, right. it's a nice gateway drug for horror fans. Sounds good. Uh, so <laughs> the next movie uh, is another one that Mike and I saw. What? Oh, boy. Oh, this one. Uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. So, yeah. Mike. I clicked because you, you did. I like this one. Uh, tell us. Well, no, you spo- perked up spo- about spo- this. What is yeah. going on? Tell, tell us about I'm this movie right before I 
go into a bunch of detail about Wonder Woman. Oh, I'm not the best person. <laughs> you're you're the expert on this stuff. Um, eh. Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman tells the story of, and here I've already lost the name. Wow, William Moulton Marston. Thank you, <laughs> William Moulton Marston, who uh, is the creator of mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, and it. This film tells you the sort of the backstory, the origin story, if you will, of his life and his work as a professor at a university alongside his wife. Mm-hmm. And they are doing research and they decide to uh, bring in a student intern and they lock in with someone who's in one of his classes. They bring her into the fold and uh, they work initially on developing his lie detector mm-hmm. test, his polygraph machine. Mm-hmm. And... Um, well, things take a turn, mm-hmm. we'll say. Uh, I don't know how much well, I mean, we'll get into it. But, I mean, just in terms of the premise, mm-hmm. things take a turn and um, feelings are discussed. And the movie then becomes uh, less about they're working on the lie detector and their research and more about their interpersonal relationship mm-hmm. because they develop a what would be described as a polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. And... Those uh, that relationship and a number of events that follow give rise to what ultimately becomes the creation of the Wonder Woman comic and also creates a lot of consternation and difficulty in these three people's lives. Wow. Why did they call it Professor Marston and the Polly Party? I would have watched that. Wow. I like it. I would have uh, watched it. The Polly Party is a great tag. Okay. Uh, because it was, more, <laughs> it was more about the amazing women in his life. Um <laughs> But yeah, you just so, made me cough after that. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, this movie. I mean, yeah, ended. So Luke Evans. I kind of danced around it, but I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. It's a, I mean, a lot of it they give away, not give away. Uh, they talk about it in the trailer. So, it so, is so not, I haven't seen the trailer because I, I tell okay. them not watch this. So I, I'm not sure. So what's I mean, they yeah, a lot of it's not, in the trailer. Yeah, they okay. have. They talk about their relationship, the three of them. You know, this relationship. Who are the two women? So Luke so Evans plays the professor. One, yeah. Um, one of Mike's kind of standouts that. I mean, he he left the theater real. Look, about Rebecca Hall. She is. What, what else was she in? Rebecca Hall has been uh, in a what? bunch of stuff. Um, so the, here's the thing about Rebecca Hall. So she's probably best known as Vicky from Woody Allen's Vicky Christina Barcelona. Yes, mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, and she <laughs> Very has similar world role. She has hey, worked. Yeah, we talked about that after. She has <laughs> worked role. consistently. Yeah, but always kind of under the radar. Last year, she was incredible in a movie called Christine where mm-hmm. she played uh, journalist Christine Chubbuck, who is famous uh, back in the 70s. She's famous for uh, essentially committing suicide on air during a news broadcast on a Florida television right. station. And she played – it's a biopic in a sense, and she's playing Christine, and you see her chart the course of being sort of together and in the newsroom and working, and then different things happening in her life, and then some some idiosyncrasies about herself that she can't sort of suppress, and it all just sort of creates this perfect storm that leads to her committing suicide on television. Mm-hmm. Um, and she owns that movie, and she's in every scene, and she's phenomenal. And it's one of those movies where you see the performance and you go, this is an Oscar-worthy nomination performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. like, she should be getting attention for this, but because the movie was tiny, the studio was tinier, yep. it doesn't have traction. People look at it, again, they take the DVD and they go, oh, wait, what's this mm-hmm. over here? Mm-hmm. I'll get to that, and they never watch it. <clears throat> so now she comes back around again, and she's in this, another relatively tiny movie. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, there's more budget behind it. It's got Definitely more more budget. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's not like... It's not winning the box office this weekend, right? Yeah. And so it's it's got a little bit of an uphill climb. 
And she plays his uh, Luke Evans' wife, Professor mm-hmm. Marston's wife, Elizabeth Marston, and um, she is phenomenal in this movie. She, the yeah. movie constantly. <laughs> so there's another supporting role by Bella Heathcote, mm-hmm. who plays in the Olive the Byrne. Olive Byrne. Mm-hmm. She's terrific too. Mm-hmm. But the movie kind of always, although it always sort of resides on the side of sort of the ledger of the female, because for necessary reasons in mm-hmm. telling the story. It all sort of drives through sort of the prism and the scope of Rebecca Hall's character. Yep. Mm-hmm. So all of the like, sort of the 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 framing around all of this that that deals with anxiety and nervousness and acceptance and tolerance and sort of all those different elements that play into this relationship outside of the fact that they're trying to build a family and then their careers are in jeopardy. I mean, all of these things that happen in this movie that don't even get us to the creation of wonder woman Mm -hmm. all comes right through her character. And she's, she's incredible. Yeah. I, I would love to see her get a nomination. Yeah. I would too. I would be, I'm I'm not sure if she would do, uh, I don't think Academy would do it. I think she could, she could clean up in some of the smaller ones. Yeah, um, like critics. Are, I mean, the only way Rebecca Hall gets into the Oscar conversation is if an, all these critics groups in December, yeah. ours included, um, start mentioning her, mm-hmm. nominating her, referencing her. And, and I just, I mean, I look at what's in front of us and all sort of the names that she would have to sort of navigate through. And I just don't know that yeah. there's a path. But Rebecca Hall is real deal. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a tremendous actress and she shows it here for sure. Yeah, gotcha. And so, because with the story of, of Wonder Woman, I mean, I have... I've been talking about this movie on this podcast for a while. This is one of my most highly anticipated movies of the year because this is a story that I have been telling people about for years. And this fascinating life that Professor Marston had with these two women in a situation where it was a loving, committed relationship, polyamorous relationship in the 50s when... Or even earlier than that, like it started a little bit earlier, like that was just, I mean, it was so unique and it was not even something that, oh, it was a, they were swingers and they were this like, no, this was a loving committed relationship that lasted a long time, uh, even longer for, for the women who outlived Professor Marston. Right. Um, so they stayed in a relationship after he was gone. Yeah. Until, until, until their, their death. Yeah. And it like one of the best things, and we talked about title cards. Uh, absolutely, stay you know through the credits for this one. Well, actually, they do it mainly just right up front before the credits. They end this movie with a title card, but in a way where it had built up so much love and so much affection for these characters that it just made sense. Like it, people kind of start like walking off screen, and some words come up telling you about kind of what happened next. And you were just left feeling, I was left feeling just happy. And then it hits you with pictures right. of the real people and their real lives. And it ends with a picture of the two women who stayed together until they were, one of them lived to be 100 years old. One of them was like 85. 85. Yeah. And so you see these two old ladies just holding each other. Smiling for a normal picture. Just And it just, so to think yeah. of what they had to go through as women during that time right and also in a relationship that was so shunned i mean it was they survived that they survived it was incredible so with the movie itself uh to i mean people always say you should not have to push something down to raise something up right but in a movie that is i think it is two hours maybe even a little bit less it's just under two I think. just yeah. under two hours 
it portrayed a more loving, compassionate, provocative love story in the DS and BDSM world in under two hours than Fifty Shades of Grey has done in multiple movies in like <laughs> six Grey books. Is, is literally fan fiction. It is, but unfortunately, people, when they think of DS lifestyle or the BDSM lifestyle. What does DS stand for? For so people who don't know. Dominance and submissive. Okay. Um, and BDSM, I mean, yeah, bondage, discipline, uh, submission. Masochism? I don't know what the uh, M word is. It kind of switched around. But so with that, a lot of people, when they saw Fifty Shades, they're like, oh, and it became. Oh, he's Red Room? What, what did they call she, it? When uh, he spanked her and she got upset. <laughs> right. Uh, like Why mommy, did she spank like, me? Mommy porn, where it was like the, the stuff that like a lot of ladies were reading because it was, it was exciting. Those books are terribly written. Oh, sure. The movies it's, it's are fiction. terrible. It's literally like it's literal, yeah, literal fan fiction from Twilight. That's right. just literally what that it's was the origin. Of That's it, the origin. Yeah. Of it. So I don't expect any. So with, with this movie, <clears throat> it shows you what a real relationship in some of these, and I mean, kind of those fringe style relationships are. But it shows passion and love and dedication and independence. It was. It was that focus on the relationship was incredible Mm -hmm. because during this whole thing, Professor Marston was developing his disc theory, which is dominance, uh, inducement, or dominance, inducement, inducement, seduction, and compliance. So he was developing this theory because he was a psychologist. Right. Like that was his profession. So he is doing that. And he was like, no one is really taking this seriously. Like, yeah, he's giving lectures. He's like, how do I get this to more people? He, drew strength from the women in his life these larger than life characters and then sort of developed the concept of wonder woman yeah it reminds me i, I just watched uh mind hunters on netflix okay. and it's about these guys coming up with profiling for serial killers oh yeah which is crazy but mm-hmm. like early on people were like what are you doing why are you want to interview these crazy people yeah like we've done we've caught them they're locked up what like why are you going in and interviewing them and talking about their lives? Wants like to know how they take, that's how disgusting. they got there. Like people thought it was disgusting and, and shunned upon. And I was listening to, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to the last podcast on the left, but they did a, um, a, a series on this guy who was known as the, the Sacramento vampire who was like drinking people's blood. What? In, this dude was insane, right? Okay. But that's one of the early cases where profiling was used to catch this mm. guy with a, an officer who went to a profiling thing from these FBI agents, like, use that to kind of, like, narrow down who this guy was. It was like, okay, he's probably this, he's probably that, he's probably this, he's probably that. And this woman who, one of his, could have been one of his early victims, his old classmate, mm-hmm. like, ran into this guy at the store. He was really weird. <laughs> he was always weird, but he was, like, super weird that day. <laughs> oh, she's, she's like, eject. I need to get out of here. <clears throat> so she gets in her car to drive off, and he, like, reaches for the door handle to get in the car. Ooh, like, nope. as she's pulling off. Um, And so she had that weird interaction. So when she... Her like uncle was like a cop, so when he's talking mm-hmm. about it, she's like, "Um, that sounds like so and so," and that's how they ended up finding this guy. Wow! But yeah, but again, like that early look at like how people think and why they do the things mm-hmm. they do. Like now we look at it, it's, oh, it's, it's science, and let's rely on it. Exactly. Back then, it was like this is crazy talk. Yeah, and I mean, so the it, the movie portrays that of how yeah. he kind of is getting lambasted and and all yeah, these things, right. um, especially because at the time in 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 comic books, and I could say this for a whole other podcast but there's a thing called the comics code authority mm-hmm. that did not necessarily relate to wonder woman but it re- started regulating comics but in this it shows like the 
Child Decent or Family Decency Association. Yeah, Josette um, Frank is, right. is who they use, and and yes, they take some liberties in in this mm-hmm. whole framing device of her interviewing or questioning Marston on on Wonder Woman mm-hmm. uh, as a comic book, and you know, I guess we can say now a lot of these concepts that he had been working on. Um, and inspiration from his personal life ends up getting into the comic book, and, and he embeds this, this, the, these theories and these situations that he's experienced. Um, and on the surface level, they're they're you know, t- to her eyes anyway, this woman interviewing her, they're shocking and they're mm-hmm. you know provocative. And what are we doing to our kids? And you know how are they? Because Wonder Woman is the most popular comic at this point, mm-hmm. or one of them. Um, so anyway, I, I didn't mean to jump in there, but I mean, yeah. it's just, they use this framing device of this sort of authoritarian, like expert on children, right. a psychologist in her own right, um, sitting down and, and interviewing him for like, you know, some white paper she's writing or some trade. Yeah. Well, because they, they want to essentially shut it down. Yeah. 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 You know? so, so she's trying to get the government essentially to, to, to act, to get this thing. You know, she's trying to throw her weight behind mm-hmm. shutting this thing down. Wow. Yeah. And so, cause when you look at, you know, those older issues of wonder woman for a long time wonder woman or her other amazonian sisters were tied down to something we're getting spanked we're getting whipped yeah or they were doing that same thing to men as much as lasso um well the lasso of truth actually is because he developed the first polygraph machine and, and he gave it away uh yeah and he because he <laughs> that actually is that is a whole different story that they kind of touched on but he could have patented his lie detector machine and he did kind of patent it at some point a little bit later but he did not. He created it and was like, people should just have access. Yeah. Like as just a the philanthropist mindset of like, I'm a scientist, I am a I'm an inventor, I'm a professor of psychology. These are things people should just have. And so it was that mindset that I mean, yeah, his his wife was like, Why are you not like why are why are we not able to pay bills right now? Right. And he was like, Because people should just have this. So but back to like the imagery, people were all up in arms about like, oh, it's masochistic, it's misogynistic, it's blah, blah, it's all these things. He hates women. When you actually get to know the person, the man behind these things, he talks about the only way that men can truly get to know themselves is through submission, is through, or the most people in general, is submitting to a loved one. And so all of this imagery was, again, him focusing and channeling his psychology through that. And a lot of the times he was not picturing women in these positions and doing all of that. That was him, you know, but he could not put that on the page because that would have been an even bigger issue. So it just, it is a fascinating story. And the performances in this movie, everybody across the board was incredible. Yeah. Um, Again, I, I unfortunately do not think that this one is going to be pushed forward in any major direction for big awards, which is a shame because it, it definitely deserves some recognition for what, what, what awards do you think it would win? First, Rebecca Hall mm-hmm. as acting, mm-hmm. um, just, just get it in the conversation. That's, yeah. that's so, you know, I, for me watching it, um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Is this is right. this is you know, there, there's some problems with it. Yeah, um, the, the timeline kind of gets a little the bit. The timeline's nutty. fuzzy. A couple of the the more sort of um, 
you know, I don't want to say this thing is a, a ribald romp, but there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's, you know, more than one or two sex scenes in it, right? And <laughs> yeah, a, a but cu- they are but done a, incredibly a, a, well. Is it rated R? It is rated. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is also going to be limiting for box office. Yes. And, True. Yeah. True. But um, there's a couple scenes that don't quite work. They they go to the sorority to see a ritual that yeah that plays a little like Cinemax like, and it's mm-hmm. just there's a couple moments in here where it's like ah. Eh, you know, it's a little. We don't really need to see that. Well, you know, because or see the, as much of it. Yeah. Because it doesn't necessarily it doesn't add to it. The sorority scene, for example, is the one that jumps to mind because it doesn't really, it doesn't really move anything forward. I mean, you you get all of the same beats and points of their relationship and how they they struggle to recognize what they all want individually. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know. In and amongst the sort of the lie detector sequence and some of the classroom stuff and just their interactions, there's this sort of combination of lust, shame, acceptance. They're trying to mm-hmm. sort through all these feelings. Yeah. And um, that scene doesn't help us get to the place it gets to anyway. I mean, right. so it's, it's there's, there's a few, there's a couple moments like that really. Like, eh. And then, you know, it gets a little episodic. They kind of rush through the end. Yeah. Because um, there is a, there is a lot to, to this story right and they, they had they only had two hours they only had two hours and and the movie spans a, a, a couple of decades mm-hmm. and, and so you know they skimp on aging these characters yeah. even though like you know they, they develop a family they, they four children are mm-hmm. born out of this union and so you've got kids growing up one kid gets to be like 15 16 years old and bella heathcote still looks 20 looks years old exactly so the same. i mean right. it's just kind of one of those things where it's like okay all right, I can, you know, yeah you know, like they, they grade luke evans hair a little bit right but you know, so, but 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 you know, no movie's perfect, even mm-hmm. the best of the best, right? So as we look at this movie, it, it's it's just a movie that I I just think if people watched it, they would they would appreciate it because it's 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 shot very well, it's mm-hmm. it's really well done. The, the production design is 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 really terrific. The, the cinematography is great. Sometimes the costuming was good. Yeah, so it has an authenticity to it that mm-hmm. that is just as good as any sort of these other prestige movies we're going to see. And I just think it's, it's worthy enough to be in the mix. Yeah. And the other thing is like when it, every character has multiple scenes where the camera just sticks on them and you see their eyes glass over as they, you know, start to cry or they get emotional. Like these actors put their all into it and you can, I mean, it is palpable. You can see just through their performance, like they were, they were really in that moment, and that speaks volumes. Who's this movie for? What I would That's a good question. Actually. Yeah, what I would like to say is everyone, but I think unfortunately this movie, like people are going to see Professor Marston and Wonder Woman and think it is something else and be like, eh, Wonder Woman, like not really interested. But anybody who's interested in comics history should watch it. Anybody who likes history in general should watch it. People who want to see a love story, the, a passionate and provocative love story that is different than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do have to have an open mind to watch yes. this, though. I mean, this movie does – it doesn't shy away – it's one of the things I like about it. It doesn't shy away from from hiding much of anything about what lies at its core, which is a love mm-hmm. story that is not common – Yeah. You know, not commonly told. There is clearly, though, I mean, and I haven't seen the numbers. I just, you know, I'm curious what it, I mean, by the time this airs, I will have seen what the box office is. Mm-hmm. But 
there's probably more than a fair shot that people are going to go see this movie and think they're understanding the creation of Wonder Woman, and they're going to sit there and go, what in the world yeah. is this? Yeah. Because it is a love story. I brought my daughter to see this. Yeah, you know, well, well. Rated R. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, but I mean, there's just going to be general audience people that are like, oh, yeah, this will be okay, date night movie. Okay, well, it's creation of Wonder Woman. What, what am I watching? Like, it's mm-hmm. just there's going to be a shock factor to some people. So you but, do have to have an open mind yeah. watching it. And just sit in that. You know, get get past that shock factor and you will be treated to one of the best love stories in, in a long time. Um, yeah. For me. And again, I've talked about it before. I'm not a big romance, like rom-com. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> ugh. Uh, Weird. Where did you say that? Yeah. Uh, that is generally <laughs> not my genre. This movie is an incredible love story. Yeah, Dude, because um, he doesn't leave her on like a piece of wood in the water or anything. Yeah, uh, so dumb. Is that a tree reference? No, no Titanic. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. No, I just um, was trying to draw on. The tree. I appreciate your effort. Though. Uh, I was yeah. just I did. you're kind of at drawing plank. <laughs> okay. But I'm bumping. been another episode of the Review. So anyway, so Professor Marston, Wonder Woman. Yeah, incredible performances. Um, believable sex scenes, and I think that is important because. Again, you someone get... to get a cramp? <laughs> no, uh, but you get these kind of <laughs> you get these uh, hypersexualized scenes in, in a lot of these movies, and especially yeah. when you start involving more than two people. Right. The way they go about this, it just it felt real, it felt authentic, mm-hmm. and it's it's not yeah, it, it's it's done very tastefully. Yeah, um, and obviously Rebecca Hall is very comfortable with her own sexuality. I mean, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, like Tim kind of mentioned, is a similar there are similar types of parallels yes it takes it takes a person very comfortable with themselves to do that it takes an actress especially right to recognize like okay i mean i think it helps that she is is british because the british mentality towards (laughs) sex in general and sexuality is way better than well and and we should champion the fact too that and uh, is maybe an odd pivot but but we should champion the fact that this is written and directed by a, a female filmmaker yeah. Angela, Angela Robinson, Robinson. so mm-hmm. a woman of color uh, and, and, it, and it just has I don't I mean I don't know I mean obviously Wonder Woman was made by Patty Jenkins mm-hmm. and so but this just has a different feel about it and, and you know irregardless of the sex scenes or all that kind of stuff just the whole movie's just look and feel and tone is just it just feels different yeah. um Good. so yeah I, I hope Could people be. find it I mm-hmm. you know I do find it amazing though that both Wonder woman movies that we have seen are championed by female directors and Mm -hmm. i think that is amazing because both of them give a different perspective and it just it is refreshing to see well and like i said in my review you know we threw 412 million dollars at wonder woman can we throw 30 at this like i mean just yeah you know it's again it's rated r the content is going to be limiting for some people but Mm -hmm. just if you're at all interested give it a shot yeah it's All a great movie. Right. Cool. Uh, okay. So to the rating system again, good, bad, or ugly. Mike, you go first. You are the guest. What would you give this? Oh, geez. Good. <laughs> we'll go with good. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say we were going to fight if you gave it anything else. <laughs> um, this is a movie Yeah, I, I have been looking forward to for a very long time. I had a lot of hopes for it. This surpassed all of them. I absolutely loved this movie. Uh, it gets a good. It is an incredible film. Especially right now, before we get into the huge kind of Oscar push of the fall, mm-hmm. go see this film. Like find it, it just yeah. yeah, find it. 
I, again, because of everything kind of coming out in the next few weeks, it might not last long because no, Tim won't. and I have talked about it before. Screen space. You, you have know, five it, new films opening wide on Friday. Yeah. yeah. So just and this movie barely. I mean, I think I, I think it got like two thousand screens. Oh, yeah, I mean, that this this isn't one of those movies that's expendable. Yeah. So um, so definitely find it. Watch in the theater if you can. Support it. Support a woman of color as a writer and director. You're here. Um. So yeah, uh, absolute good. I loved this movie. I, I it was one of the ones where again they gave us title cards. They gave us all of that after a movie that. <laughs> Like we just saw the gave title cards that I was upset about. I left this movie so happy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right. That all wraps it up for our uh, movies. Uh, anything else that is uh, going on with, with you two other than SmackDown coming up on Tuesday? What was that face? Yeah, that, uh, you made a face. This is, what the hell? You guys can't see his face. He made a face like someone just farted. Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, let me rephrase that. Other than SmackDown... <sighs> I'm not going to SmackDown. That was That's, disingenuous. That right. No. Uh, but yeah, any any uh, exciting things coming up? Um, let's see. No. Okay. Moving on, Tim. Any, any exciting things coming? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't some, know. Some reviews. Uh, exactly. Um, okay. Talking about God, we did record a podcast the other day talking about The Shining. Okay. That was fun. Outstanding. Um, yeah. I'm Wait, gonna, who uh who's that on? You want to plug him? Uh, yeah, Made in the 80s podcast. There you go. And okay. I'm going to be on Aaron's podcast, Feeling It. Feeling Feeling Film. Feeling Film. Nice. Film talking about The Thing next weekend. So Wonderful. Awesome. One of my favorite movies. So It, it is one that. of your favorites, so that should be good. You were on a podcast recently. Uh, I was. I did a guest spot on the Mundane Festival. Shout out to Chris Lambert. Definitely. Shout out to him. Uh, that should be dropping, I think, by the time this drops on Wednesday, I think it comes out like that weekend. So definitely check that out. Chris has been in the game for a long time. Really great guy, stand-up comedian, actor, uh, podcaster, cool guy. I was it was honor it was an honor to be on that. Um, and even though nothing is scheduled right now, uh, I I think I'm going to be on an episode of another local uh, film oh, podcast, really called Cinema Squabble. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, nothing is actually we, scheduled we both for this been week. On there. So What's yeah, you, you two have been on there multiple oh, yeah. times. Yeah, Cinema I have Squabble. not been. Adam and Sarah. Yeah, do, they do great work. Yeah, so I was invited on there, and hopefully, uh, it actually happens. It's really I, tight. You got to get your points in rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They run that, the that, one, that one moves like this. Can you you got to yeah, yeah, in and out. As opposed to this one, where we just, we just ramble. Yeah, we ramble about wrestling. <laughs> and there would like be no, there would be no Sami Zayn talk. <laughs> no Tyrese Rock sidebars. No, wow. no, Tyrese none of that. Rock. Okay, none of that. So yeah, so that is kind of what is going on with me. Uh, a couple new premieres this week. What's this week? Uh, Goodbye, Christopher Robin. Only the brave. And, oh, uh, only nope, the brave. I, <laughs> I just had to get it in. No, one snowman time. and the snowman. Yeah, yeah. we better have a cameo from Jeezy if they're going to be the snowman. Martin Scorsese, the executive producer of the. Oh, snowman. is he really? Really? Yeah, huh. well, I think he just. Well, it's, it's based lent, on a book series, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's directed by uh, Thomas Alfredson, who um, did "Let the Right One In." Yes. Ooh, which is okay. one of my favorite movies. And it's the, got a um, the odds. Yeah, really it's good. Yeah, it's a good I, one. I, yeah, no, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll it's fight. got, it's got fight. Michael Fassbender in it. I like Fassbender. I'll fight people and let the right one in. Nice, like legitimate fight in a steel well, ca- in a steel cage, a cage match. Yeah, cage. I mean, I'll, 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 okay. Now in a ladder match, is the goal to no, climb to the top no, of the ladder? No, no. no don't I'm answer. Sorry? Don't answer <laughs> his questions. Don't what is, do not what is, answer his questions. What is he? What do? You, how do you not like, go to wrestling live? You'll see it. You'll understand. Yeah. Show up. Maybe you'll see a, a Money in the Bank. Match. A what? Yeah. Money in the Bank. <laughs> also, listen. Okay, I have oh, an idea for for a Money in the Bank style date show. 
I love like it. this is a date, so right? Climb a ladder to get to money. You're not. He's not listening. <laughs> this is a date, right? Yeah. Can we just yeah just, <laughs> just turn his mic yeah, off? Yeah, turn your mic off. This is a date, right? So it's a multiple date. So then you have a person who's watching the date, like a third party, yeah. who can mm-hmm. cash in at any time in the day. Beautiful. They can just run up and be like, I'm cashing in. So they're out of here. It's my turn. To what does that day. mean? Yeah. 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 You like that idea? I do. Thir- ah, man. 35 to 40% of your audience is totally nodding. Going, yeah. But Tim imagine on that. it right Imagine now. like a date sequence where then the third party can just come in and just say, you're out. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. Uh, a wrestling movie that, a documentary that I did watch that I actually really enjoyed from like four years ago. Uh, Piss and Vinegar about the women's wrestling. Oh, nice. Really, really cool documentary. I never saw that, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I, again, I have seen I think movies. someone's a closet wrestling fan. I would recommend Lucha Mexico. That's a great yeah. movie. It's a good documentary. See, now, Lucha is fascinating. Yeah. Someone is a wrestling fan. That culture is, is amazing to study and learn about. The, the Mexican So the documentary culture. is called Lucha... Lucha Mexico. Lu- Lucha and it Mexico. just it follows a, a Mexican independent wrestling organization for about a year. Okay. Now, have you guys gone to? Because locally, we have a wrestling circuit. Have you guys gone to any of those? No. No. I, I want to go. There's. Oh, this... look at look who Tim. made a face this Tim. time. Tim, I we need know. to go to Defy Wrestling. Okay. Now. Defy Wrestling. Because that's like a big deal. Apparently, yeah. they're I... getting like national publicity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that one is. I just know it's that brand, yeah. it's only been around a, like a year. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, because there's a, a gym right downtown that hosts wrestling. So we went to a wrestling event, the Paramount. At the Paramount. Yeah, we did. I, I wasn't able to go to that, but yeah. I heard that was a good time. It was a lot of fun. Which, uh, okay. The Paramount, for those listening, is a place where they do like Book of Mormon. It's a theater. It's, it is it's a, a theater. theater. Like an yeah. actual and there was a theater. wrestling ring on stage, and we watched wrestling. Weird. So it was, it was great. They only had, did they only have three sides of the ring, though? Like, yeah, pretty much. Right, because you can't, you got to put it somewhere. So yeah. you put it on the stage. And on then, the two sides. Yeah. It's still a fun show. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Was Undertaker there? Did he pick somebody up and then throw them through the canvas? Like, is that like the go to hell? How do thing? you know about anyway, that? Again, uh, someone <laughs> someone in this room is a closeted yeah. wrestling fan. No. Anyway. Love you, John. Uh, yeah. Cool. So, where can people find uh, you on social media? Mike, go ahead. Um, Twitter, at Should I See It? I think you can find me on Facebook. Um, nah. Facebook. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where dads live. Um, <laughs> but uh, at Should I See It? And then the mm-hmm. website is Should I See dot it or Should I See It dot net. It points to the same place. And it's been redesigned. Shout out to Nathan Rhodes Media for, for working mm-hmm. with me on the yep. website. Nice. Um, it's all redesigned, and it looks great. And um, that's where I live right now. Awesome. And then I take uh, guests. You live in your website? <laughs> Feels that way sometimes. It's like, virtu- it's like virtuosity. You just yeah, live in I feel like nice. it sometimes. Get, the cool, get you a cool suit. <laughs> Lawnmower man. Yeah. <laughs> we should do an episode on, like, the first generation of movies that thought like the internet and like, cyberspace was going to like, be this crazy thing. Like the net? That'd be awesome. The net. Like, <laughs> the I remember watching so Lawn- Lawnmower Man and being like, is this what is going to happen? Is yeah. it- no. Never what happened. Was it, what was the guy, the TV character? In Max the Headroom? Eight, there it is. Yes. Boom. Yeah. 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 yeah Paranoia. Did that mm-hmm. song with the art of noise? Yeah. I remember that. That yeah. was weird. Nice. Uh, cool. So, Tim, where can people find you? Uh, same spaces I'm usually in. Uh, Twitter, People's Critic. Instagram, Snapchat, uh, peoplescriticblog.com. You can check out some of my reviews and random stuff on there. Yeah. And I, you can find me on this podcast. Frequently. That is true. Yeah, frequently. And on the Man the 80s podcast. Yeah. Talking about stuff from the 80s. Wrestling in the 80s? We haven't done that yet. Okay, well, we'll work, we're, we're getting, we'll work We did that. do No Holds Barred. And Marcus joined us for that episode. Oh, was, beautiful. Which was fun. Yeah. A movie that I have seen. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, how would Zeus got away with attempted murder? Oh, I he, do not he yeah, he like he tried. He rips a post out from the side and goes to like stab Hulk Hogan with it. Like that is attempted murder. But Hogan, Hogan murders that guy, and no one even bats an eye. They cheer him. Like he murders the guy at the end of the movie. He like right. pushes him into the thing, and the guy like electrocutes oh, the, the, the uh, executive. Guy. And no one bats an eye that there's a dead guy upstairs. Well, it's, it's, it's yeah. wrestling. It's fake. Wrestling. And also, it all is based around like them trying to get Hogan or Rip, mm-hmm. trying to get Rip <laughs> to be a part of some. Was it the? Because in, in this movie, yeah. res, in that movie, wrestling is real. All right, it's a real thing. It's not fake. Mm-hmm. And so they try to get Rip to be part of their networks to boost ratings. Mm-hmm. And when he denies them, that's when they start the no holds barred thing they right. do. Right. And that's when they find Zeus, who's a murderer. And I love that Rip stays Who literally in is his, fresh out of prison. Stays in his spandex the entire movie. Oh, but, he, but they match his do-rag. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah. He's got like the matching do-rag it's shirt amazing. combo. Like, damn. There's so much amazing. Then that girl that almost gets raped. Yeah. And then he takes her back to his place and then tries to like kiss on her. Like after yeah. she survived like a sexual assault. So the 80s. His brother gets all broken and beat up. Yeah. Yeah. The rip him side. Yeah. He's all in a wheelchair. Yeah, Crazy. It's, it's great. Amazing. Uh, cool. <laughs> amazing movie. So for for this podcast, uh, you can find me <laughs> at About to Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Email the show uh, About to Review at gmail dot com if you have suggestions for some wrestlers or documentaries that I should see. <laughs> wrestlers um, to come on the yeah, show. yeah wrestlers get some wrestlers on the show yeah eh. they're we'll here see. and they're, they're well they lot. just they just left they were here on Tuesday for SmackDown I could I, I so actually probably missed could your make shot a, but make a call yeah, on, yeah you just missed them we'll, we'll let oh, you darn. know the next time they're here and then I, I will put it I mean this is on wax the next time one of the big ones whatever Raw W Pandas Ladder Sorry. Steel Cage. WWF, the World Wildlife. They're not going to let you in with this kind of attitude. They're not going to let you in. Yeah, yeah. So let me know when the next one is, and yeah, all three of us will... Now, go. when you when you go and it blows your mind, don't come on the podcast a lot about it. Like, yeah. tell the, you need tell to the own truth. It. Yeah, this isn't like everybody owning Michael Jackson records in the eighties and going, "I hate that guy." Yeah, and yet everyone's listening to Thriller and Bad. Like, you need to like if you enjoy it, you got you clearly it. enjoy it. You know way more than someone who thinks I, you dis- yeah. was so dismissive a while ago. You know a lot about how wrestling works. I have no idea what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right, and uh, also. Go to the website abouttoreview.com, click on the support tab, pitch in a dollar. Also, go to abouttoreview.threadless.com, buy a t-shirt with my face on it. Buy some shirts. Um, is that or, your face? Uh, I mean, this is my face, kind of, sort of. Um, and then also <laughs> iPhone cases. Mike might be buying himself a coffee mug. A mug. Which is one of the choices. Um, yeah, once you buy a thing, take a picture of yourself with that thing, and I will absolutely showcase it on social media. Mm-hmm. So... That about wraps it up. We talked about Marshall, which Mike and I both gave a bad, unfortunately. Tim talked about Happy Death Day, which he gave a good. And then Mike and I talked about Professor Marston and The Wonder Woman, which we both gave a good. It was one of my favorite movies of the year, which says a lot because we have had a bunch of really good movies. But I loved the film. So for this episode of the About to Review podcast, I have been joined by Tim and Mike. And I have been your host, that guy named John. So, like the tire said to... Oh, wait, let me... Oh, I have oh, a joke, you, too. You can't... You gotta stop with the jokes. <laughs> I stop. Re- You've had enough dad no, jokes for today. Um, where did I put it? <clears throat> Are you writing these jokes down? I think this he's... Oh. He just pulled a book off the wall. Like, like the like car said to the through. tire, keep it wheel. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> this has been an About to Review production. Thank you to Vexing Media, who provides audio editing services. They are a graphic design, website design, and digital media company. 
You can find them at their website, vexingmedia.com, or on Facebook and Twitter at Vexing Media. <laughs>